And ladies and gentlemen of the jury, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No. Because I'm going to get him. Good evening and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this episode of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're coming to you live from our radio and television studios located in beautiful northwest Pennsylvania. We broadcast each and every weeknight live 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Global Star Radio Network, our primary um, channel. We also simulcast on Blog Talk Radio, and you can watch us live and by archive on our YouTube channel. The links to each of these audio and video broadcastings can be found on our home base at hagmanandhagman.com. That is the website for our show and hagmanreport.com. You can check each and every day for the latest updated news and investigative reports. My name is Joe Hagman, and our guest tonight is Mr. Augusto Perez. Uh, Augusto is a good friend of the show and has been for a long time a frequent guest. He is a minister, an author, and a speaker. He has a, a fantastic ministry, and we're going to talk about a number of issues tonight, as well uh, from all geopolitical issues, news, domestic, as well as uh, prophetic information. And Augusto has a conference coming up that we're going to be talking about as well. And you can get the information on his website, theappearance.com. And that's the Appearance Ministries is Augusto Perez's website. And the conference is the Light in the Darkness Conference, which will be presented October 7th, 8th, and 9th. Again, you can get the information on Augusto's website, theappearance.com. And there are links under the show descriptions for the conference events. Augusto, welcome back to the Hagman and Hagman Report. How's it going? Hey, Joe. So good to be back with you. It's great to have you. There's been uh, so much that's been going on since the last time we've had you on. And we are also in an election year. So we see oh my the, goodness. the constant barrage of of headlines uh you know from every speech or opinion that's given from the candidates but there's a lot more going on in the world today uh prophetically and um you know economically and politically where would you like to start tonight well we can talk, you know if you like we can start on the on the election since you touched on it um I I think we are in a in a very important year um Joe for so many reasons um Everybody knows this is a very important election, probably one of the most important ones that this nation has ever had. But uh, there are so many variables in the equation right now, and of course there's a lot of different opinions out there about the candidates and about, um, you know, uh, who should win, who shouldn't win, you know, they got this, they got that. And, and that is all fine, um, you know, people are supposed to be involved in the in the election of their next president is their duty uh but there are many many more things involved in this particular election that i think people need to pay close attention this is not just going to be another election this could very well be the last uh, election we ever see in this nation if we ever get there remember there's yeah. still um 
almost two months to go. And uh, anything could happen between now and then. And uh, there have been so many uh, prophecies, so many visions, so many things that people have seen regarding the future of America. Um, the last one was, um, you know, by recognized prophets that I'm not going to mention names unless, you know, you, you want me to, but I, I'd rather not. Um, but there have been renowned prophets now, uh, you know, from other parts of the world that have um, received from God visions uh, regarding this election. Uh, basically, <clears throat> they were told that um, Donald Trump would become the next president and that he was going to be used by the Lord to clean house. In other words, uh, he was going to basically expose a lot of stuff that um, has been going on in this nation, uh, in the hidden places, and uh, that he was basically from what, um, you know, this man received from the Lord. And and I have been, uh, you know, I know this, this, this brother for many years. He appears in conferences here in the States with other well-known men of God. And, you know, I have no doubt, no reason to doubt him. And um, he basically said that that's what the Lord told him. The Lord took him to heaven, showed him that. And uh, so, you know, uh, we need to we need to share that with a lot of caution, because I know there's a lot of people that believe that, um, you know, this is a very important election that if Trump wins, you know, it's going to it's going to lead to a, a tremendous uh, you know, prosperity and blessings and everything is going to be fine and so forth and so on. But I, I don't believe that. I, I, I just don't believe that, Joe. I, you know, I do believe that there's a good possibility that, um, uh, that you know, that Mr. Trump can win. But, uh, the, I mean, there's so many forces um, aligned against him doing that. Uh, the media, the, the powers that be, the, the bankers, the, I mean, you name it, the, the, the political uh, figures, uh, kings and priests and presidents all over the world are, are against that because one simple reason that people need to understand this, and I'm going to lead, uh, you know, what I'm going to share is to lay a foundation to present to the, you know, to the listeners out there on why we need to be praying like never before, okay? So just keep that Absolutely. in the back of your mind. Everything I share is 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 basically to to uh, encourage you and to uh, you know, motivate you to, to to be involved in prayer, not just to be a bystander, an observer, but but to be involved in prayer because this is real critical. Uh, <clears throat> what I see, uh, Joe, is the fact that although although Mr. Trump. Uh, can win, and he, he probably win. There have been many people that have seen him win the election. What I see coming is a tremendous struggle for power in this country. Uh, we know what will happen if uh, Hillary Clinton uh, is elected president. We're going to just see the new world order uh, just slapped upon us uh, faster than we can say amen. And uh, this is, in fact, going to happen. They have everything lined up. They have the the chipping lined up. Uh, they have the, uh, you know, uh, the the new world order, the agenda, the 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 agenda for the you know for for the green world, uh, yeah. the agenda yeah, the for a one world church, the agenda for a one world government. They they have all of these things lined up, ready 
to usher them in. <clears throat> so <clears throat> they cannot afford to uh, for someone like Mr. Trump to be elected president and just ruin everything. And so uh, they, there. I what I sense in the spirit right now, and now I'm talking about spiritual things. Okay, uh, l- l- let me just address that for for a moment, and then we'll go back to the you know to the elections and the the uh, you know what is involved in it. But what I sense in the spirit realm right now is that there is a tremendous push by the by the powers of darkness by the devil by the by the by the elite okay uh, and you name it the, you know the, the 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 bible calls them the rich men of the earth there is a tremendous power now a push if you will to birth this new world order they have to do this they just have to they cannot postpone it anymore they have everything lined up to to bring this in uh, the the other reason why I think that they want to do this and they have to do this is because I truly believe that they have the you know the the antichrist the man of lawlessness he's sitting somewhere right now waiting for certain things to happen and they have to prepare the, uh, the you know the geopolitics of the world they have to prepare the, the, the you know the circumstances the atmosphere the politics everything to usher this man in and there are many things that are going to play into that and uh, of course we've talked about it in other times I've been here uh, with you in the program and um, one of those things is <clears throat> they're going to uh, they're going to trigger an economic collapse. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is going to be not just uh, in the U.S. It's going to be worldwide. They have to do this. And they have been preparing, prepping the this country for just that. They have been holding it up. Okay? They have been, uh, you know, uh, just uh, dragging this thing on and on and on because that is going to be one of the triggers. <clears throat> and they cannot do that until... The time is right. The other thing that uh, I believe that they're going to use to trigger uh, the uh, the arrival of this um, man of lawlessness, the Bible calls it, is a war, a horrific war that is going to take place in the world. And um, I believe that Russia is going to be involved. I believe that China is going to be involved. I believe that uh, many of these Muslim nations are going to be involved, North Korea, Iran, and um, and many of these other nations that that have nuclear uh, powers, you know, they have nuclear ability to uh, be involved in a nuclear war. And so, um, you know, we are seeing this now begin to coalesce. We know that this is the agenda of the uh, of the powers that be of the elite of the Clintons and the, and the Obamas and, and these kinds of people, the uh, the Soros and the Rockefellers and the Bilderbergs, we know that is their agenda. We know they want a war. They want a big one. Because this is how they're going to usher in uh, this new world order, you know, order out of chaos. Absolutely. That has been their motto forever. It's a Masonic motto. And, uh, and so, you know, they have to destroy... Uh, the existing uh, system in order to bring in a new system a new um, a new world order a new world system and that is going to be headed 
by this um, figure, the Antichrist. Uh, people want to call them the man of lawlessness. They want to call them the, you know, the beast. <clears throat> However, they want to call him. But he's going to be the the one leading that new world order. And and then there's going to be another one that's going to be leading the new world religion. The Bible calls him the false prophet. That person is also. Um, he he's already on, on you know on the planet. He's waiting, and whether it is the Pope or not, I don't know. I personally don't think it's the Pope. I personally think it's going to be someone else that is going to um, to, to be brought in. Um, I think this will be probably the last Pope. And uh, but I I just don't don't I don't feel he's going to be the one. And, you know, uh, a few months ago in this year, I had a very strange dream, and uh, we posted that regarding the Pope. <clears throat> and again, this is not a prediction. This is just what a dream I had, okay? So I'm just sharing what the Lord showed me. And uh, in this dream, I had... Um, I had a, I I saw a lot of newspaper articles, Joe. A lot of newspaper articles, and I was trying to uh, put them together, like almost like a like a puzzle. Okay, and uh, while I was doing that, I was having I was having trouble uh, fitting them together, like the pieces did not fit. And um, and all of a sudden, I get a phone call. And when I start talking to the person, immediately I was taken into a vision. And uh, in this particular vision, I saw the Pope, this Pope, uh, Francis, and he was in a big, um, sort of like a cathedral, big church, Catholic church, and he was talking to the people, and there were very, very uh, well-known people there, very well-to-do people, uh, you know, big, big figureheads, powerful people, rich people. He was talking to them. And uh, I, I overheard what, you know, part of the conversation that they were talking to each other. And the conversation kind of swirled around the fact that the Pope was no longer the Pope. He was stepping down. Okay? And the people were asking him questions about that, and, and he was talking to them about it. And I overheard that. So I don't know what that is all about. I was not shown why. I was not shown uh, uh, the reason why or anything like that. But I, I, I did, I did see that. I did overhear that. And so, you know. Uh, and then right after that, the vision changed, and I saw what I believe were many pastors, okay, a, lot, a lot of pastors from different churches, different denominations. Some of them were very well-known pastors. Very well known. And <clears throat> I started seeing them. They were basically resigning their church. They were, you know, they were stepping down, too. They were stepping down from their church. They were now, they were not pastoring anymore. And, and, and there were a lot of those. A lot of those pastors were stepping down. And <clears throat> when I saw that, um, I, I was troubled. I, I, I just did not know why. You know, uh, yeah. you know, like many times, Joe. You know, you and I have seen how some pastors step down because of a scandal, but this were a lot of them. A lot of these pastors stepping down. Were you going to say something? No, I, I well, I would. You know, you're, you're talking about the Pope stepping down. Last year, Pope Francis, uh, come Christmas time, said that 
this last Christmas could be our, our last Christmas that we have. And, you know, we had the controversy with Pope Benedict stepping down the first time in 600 years. You know, a Pope resigned instead of uh, having passed away and then the selection of a new Pope. So we have two Popes really alive right now. And, you know, for what you said about your, your vision about uh, Pope Francis stepping down, the, and subsequently, uh, many more priests and, and mm-hmm. bishops or whatnot. Um, and we all know that there are huge scandals that have rocked the Vatican, um, you know, in times past and even in the, in the just not too distant past. I wonder, you know, what would that incident be that would lead them, you know, if your vision it being accurate, what, what would lead not only the Pope, but a majority or a significant number of priests also to step down? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that 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 is a good question. I am not uh, sure at this point what that is or what that will be. Um, I, I all I know is what I saw. That's what I saw. Now I do have theories. Okay, I do have um, you know some theories that um, if you want I can share with you what I believe this could be. It could lead to. And that would bring yeah. us into Steve Quayle territory and Tom <laughs> Horn territory, which is the the arrival of the of the aliens, and um, that would do it. That would do it very easily, Joe. Uh, if if this were to happen, you know, the Anunnaki were to arrive, the the uh, alien gods were to arrive, uh, you know, that would make that right there. That would cause the the Pope and probably a lot of pastors to step down because when you know people need to remember that when this happens, when this event happens, and we know it's going to happen. Okay. We just don't know when. We know this is going to happen because that is how the new world order is going to be formed. It's not just going to be a new world order made up of of men, okay? It's going to be made up of men and uh, fallen angels, okay? Or the Anunnaki, Mm -hmm. uh, which, by the way, the Anunnaki, uh, for some people out there, the are not familiar with you and know, I say what is Anunnaki well you know the Bible talks about the Anakims and so it is not too far-fetched to go from Anakims to Anunnaki and of course the Bible talks about the you know Anak which was a giant and the sons of Anak which dwelt you know in the valley of the giants and so it is not far-fetched to go from Anunnaki to uh, you know or from Anakims to Anunnaki so I believe that is basically what we're dealing with here is uh, falling angels um, uh, demons um, you know those kinds of entities that will be coming back and of course there's been a lot of that um, uh, you know UFO activity uh, lately, but uh, but you know I'm not going to get into that because I know some people get freaked out by that. And and anyway, that is something that we but we are going to see that. That there's no doubt we are going to see that. Uh, I have seen a lot of dreams, a lot of visions with um, UFOs. It always involves UFOs, and so we know that it's going to happen. So if that were to happen. Okay, let's say that that were to happen. I would say, Joe, that that would cause uh, the Pope to step down uh, because they have said many times, the Vatican has said many times, that uh, you know those aliens would be superior in, in, in morality and in every way or shape or form to, to humans. And that instead of us teaching them, they probably could teach us 
about spirituality and spiritual things. And, of course, we know that is going to be the... Um, the illusion, the the uh, you know the lie, the deception mm-hmm. that is going to be foisted upon mankind. We we you know we've talked about that. Many people have talked about that. It's nothing new. We know that is in the scriptures. Uh, it, it talks about you know Paul, the Apostle Paul talks about it. You know Jesus warned us, be not deceived. The Apostle Paul talked about it. You know that the, the great great delusion would take place in the end times, and so <clears throat> that great delusion for those people out there that have never, maybe have, maybe you have never heard it, is uh, these entities, okay, are going to arrive, and basically what they're going to say is that they are our progenitors. In other words, they, uh, they were the ones that, that put us here. They seeded the earth with our DNA. They formed us. They made us. Okay, and then we we began to evolve, and now they're coming back uh, because we have evolved. Okay, then I mean, this is what they're going to say. Okay, I'm just saying what they're probably going to say. This is not me saying. This is what they're going to say. That you know, mankind has now evolved to the place where we are we are now ready to go to the next level. And you know to become gods, if you know that's probably yeah. one of the things they're going to say, which is an old lie from you know the devil. That's what he told Adam and Eve in the garden: "You shall be as gods." You know, I'm yep. going to open your third eye. You know, and um, you know that third eye, by the way, is basically you know in in a nutshell what that is all about is I'm going to I'm going to unlock. Okay, they basically they're going to offer to unlock uh, what like ninety percent of our brain. We only use like what like ten percent. Yeah, nobody knows small. what the other ninety percent does, right? So yeah. uh, I think Einstein was one of the of the few that used his brain to the, you know, I mean the most, and he was around what ten, twelve percent. So. You know, we you know we we just don't use that large part of our brains, and that is basically, I believe, what um, you know what um, what these people are going to you know these aliens are going to say. We're going to unlock uh, that part of you that is dormant. We're going to activate it, and you're going to be like us. You know, you're going to live longer, and uh, you're going to be smarter. And you're going to be faster and stronger, and you will not be, uh, you know, you will not get sick. And uh, if you, you know, if if you have a, if you get sick, you're going to recover quickly. If you're wounded, the the, the wound is going to heal quickly. You know that kind of um, mentality. And uh, and then they're going to offer uh, humanity um, probably um, superior technology. You know, energy, uh, superior uh, technology uh, for energy, for transportation, for uh, medical breakthroughs, um, a, a cure for cancer, for Parkinson's disease, many of these diseases. And, um, you know, they're going to, you know, usher in uh, breakthroughs. So this is kind of how, um, and then, of course, at the same time, at the same time, this is happening. The um, the powers that be are going to unlock uh, their vaults, their secret vaults that they have in the you know in underground uh, facilities where they have uh, stored 
uh, I don't know, thousands, millions of, um, you know, discoveries um, and, and technological breakthroughs and, and inventions, you know, that, that, that like Tesla inventions that he, that he did, you know, no, we, we never got our hands on it. And so many of these things are stored, okay, for such a time as that, awaiting the arrival uh, of these entities and, uh, you know, of the, of the, of the Antichrist. He's going to be one of them. I, be- I believe he's going to be one of them. And then, uh, you know, all these things are going to be, you know, offered to mankind. And so it's going yeah. to be a very strong delusion. It's going to be a very strong temptation. So when this happens, Joe, uh, I believe that this could be the time when the Pope may step down. And many of these pastors step down. I mean, if these entities come in with a lie, so deception, uh, such a deception as, as as that kind of lie, to say these kinds of things to the, you know, to the human race, and 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 they can back it up. I mean, they can back it up with incredible, extraordinary technological uh, breakthroughs. Uh, I mean, it's going to be a very strong temptation for the majority of humanity to say no. And, and so when that right. happens, that I believe, I believe anyway, that is when the many pastors are going to say, you know what, I, I resign. Uh, you know, this, there is no God. These, these, these entities, they created us. And I, 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 I believe that is probably what is going to, uh, you know, and this is just a theory because I don't know. I was not shown to me, but it, that could be it a makes possible. A lot of sense. It, yeah, it makes, it makes a lot sense. Of sense. And we're coming up against a break, Augusto. Folks, our, our guest tonight is Augusto Perez. Go to his website. It is theappearance.com, the Appearance Ministries, and check out his website, Bookmark It. And um, just uh, fascinating what we covered so far. I want to touch on this Bible verse, Isaiah 66, verse 4. I also will choose their delusions and will bring their fears upon them, because when I called, none did answer. When I spake, they did not hear. But they did evil before mine eyes, and chose that which I delighted not. And there are other scriptures in the Bible that talk about the strong delusions that will come, the false lies and miracles, signs and wonders. And this is exactly what Augusto Perez is, has been talking about. And unless your faith is really rooted strongly in Jesus, the temptation will be too great for religious people, not to mention the secular people. We're going to be right back after the short break. Stay with us. Ladies and gentlemen, to this segment of the Hagman and Hagman Report, we are talking with Augusto Perez. His website is theappearance.com, the Appearance Ministries. Mr. Perez is a minister, an author, a speaker, and he has a, a very uh, great ministry. It, it's a very complete ministry. Um, his books are fantastic. And again, go to theappearance.com to visit his website. And we're going to be talking not only about his ministry uh, coming up, in the show, but we're also going to be talking about a conference that he's throwing October 7th, 8th, and 9th 
Light in the Darkness Conference in Mayo, Florida. Uh, before the break, we were talking about issues from the presidential election to what is happening in the spiritual realm here, not only in this country, but in the world. We see the conflicts, the growing uh, hostility and violence of Islam as it continues to spread west throughout Europe and into the United States. And from the refugees being brought here to the political climate. And, and Augusto, if we can, I want to kind of go back to the presidential election real quick just to make a few comments on what you said and to get your idea, uh, your takes on uh, a few of these. Something that's different from uh, previous presidential elections uh, is we have this new generation of what they're calling social justice warriors as well as uh, the expansive citizen journalism made available via the Internet. And it seems that there is a much more awake populace in this election than ever before. Um, the social justice warriors, I know that, uh, I don't know if this is something that you've really focused on, but what does it say about our culture when people are offended by political slogans like Trump 2016 or the Make America Great Again slogan to the point of being brought to tears or considering it to be hate speech. Um, what are we looking at in the future if this continues? Uh, well, what we're looking at is the, basically a dictatorship, uh, Joe. Um, you know, where, where the, what we say, what the people say uh, is, is controlled. You know, people have to watch what they say in public. They have to watch what they say on the on the internet, radio show, like 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 we're doing today tonight. They have to watch what they say. Uh, you know, even in their own homes. Um, I know about this because I happen to have come from a system that is uh, was like that. Uh, you know, for for those people out there that may not be aware of. I was born in Cuba, and I came, I, I was there during the revolution, uh, and, 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 you know, the Castro Revolution, and I came out in 1963, and, uh, of course, Castro, uh, you know, he called himself a Marxist-Leninist, and uh, then later he said he was a communist, and, uh, you know, his, he, his regime was a... A hardline regime. It's uh, it was not kind of a social, you know, a pink socialist regime like in some countries today. No, uh, the regime in Cuba was a hardline communist, just like it was in the Soviet Union, or uh, you know, uh, before uh, the, you know the, the what what happened there, and uh, like it is in China. Um, you know, it is a hardline communistic regime, and uh, I know all about uh, persecution. I know about um, you know what you're talking about, not being able to to speak your mind in public because they they they, they would accuse you of being a, a you know a, a a rebel to being a you know a terrorist against the revolution, and this is basically what I see rising in this country is that kind of mindset that kind of mentality where if you don't flow you know with uh, with the majority with uh, you know with the status quo with the accepted you know slogans and uh, you know with uh, with uh, politically correct you know and, and this is why this is why you know Donald Trump is such a interesting figure because he's going totally against the grain of that whole mentality and uh, and and they just are befuddled they are 
totally uh, you know confounded they they don't know what to do with him they have thrown everything at him you know the whole sink they have thrown at him and and he still keeps coming he's he's winning in some polls he is uh, challenging them you know uh, Hillary Clinton uh, uh, now Hillary Clinton is uh, stumbling and uh, he just seems to be gaining ground and more ground they just don't know what to do with him and so <clears throat> he has basically come in with a buzzer off and just come against that whole uh, political correctness and just I mean he stopped them they don't know what to do with him and so uh, you know they they seem to be you know they seem to, to have been uh, you know getting along with all these other um, Republican presidential candidates they are all very politically correct and you know they all get along with one another but when somebody like Trump comes along uh, what do you do with him? I mean, uh, how do yeah. you handle him? You and know? you said this in the, in the first segment that not only, uh, it, you know, the media bias that we see for Hillary Clinton protecting Hillary Clinton, there is also, uh, from the neocons in, in America here to world leaders from Europe and different parts of the, all over the globe are coming out against Donald Trump. And, you know, even, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it's just so much, and it's almost—I almost, you know—think it's they're doing it on purpose to to give him attention. But at the same time, when you see such an, an outpouring from so many different kinds of types of people in, in different countries that are against mm-hmm. this man, um, it's very telling. And you're right; it, we know what we're going to get with Hillary Clinton if she is brought in and elected as president. We are in. Uh, we know exactly what she's going to do. She's going to continue to push the globalist agenda, as you said, to bring about. Uh, the new world order and uh, she doesn't even hide it and I, I wonder how many people uh, that are voting for Trump are doing so to vote against Hillary rather than to vote for Trump but he has been gaining in the polls the health crisis that Hillary Clinton suffered in the news from the 9-11 collapse uh, has really shun- shown some light on the what she was calling conspiracy theories but her narrative seems to be unraveling, and it seems that the only way that they'll be able to pull this off is with voter fraud, just judging from the attendance at her rallies. But one thing that's so clear in this election, far more than any other election I've seen, is the media bias and the protection, even from the right, as you said. you know, the, It doesn't matter, Democrat or Republican, these, these hardline establishment folks from both sides are behind Clinton because they seem to be afraid of Trump. Oh, absolutely. They, many Republicans consider Trump an enemy. See, uh, they, they would much rather have Hillary Clinton in, in, in the White House than, than Trump because they know, see, with Hillary, she plays the game. She, you know, all these people, Joe, they are, I mean, they are, they're bought lock, stock, and barrel. They are all in bought. And, um, and, and, you know, they all play the same game. And, uh, you know, whether it's a Republican or whether it is a Democrat, uh, they're the same thing. You know, maybe the Republicans are a bit more conservative and a little more. Nowadays, you can't even tell the difference. And then the Democrats are, you know, way out in the left. But uh, they basically are, you know, their goal is the same. It's the same goal. One world government, you know, uh, and uh, they're going about it in a little different way. But they're both going about it, and uh, they, that's what they want. And so, you know, right now, I wouldn't—I couldn't even come up with a figure. Uh, I have a friend of mine that, you know, in Texas, uh, and this was a few years ago, 
and he had a friend that he was in the know way in the deep levels of government and uh, he had a chat with him and in private I, I, I talked to him about it and, and he said that his friend told him I mean and this was like like 10 years ago maybe maybe 15 even years ago between 10 and 15 years ago and he told him he said at, th- at that time okay he told him he said 80% of the politicians in Capitol Hill okay they are they're already in it they are bought they're part of the system okay that was back then today i i couldn't tell you i don't know it's, it's got to be more so it could be maybe 90 percent. i'm not sure uh, the people that are bought uh, there so what 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 we're dealing with here is a system that is it's, it's, it's corrupted it's corrupted uh, completely it's, it's rotten and um and so what i believe is happening here joe uh, is god is Using because of the prayers of the saints, okay. This has happened because of the prayers of the saints, and I will talk about that a little uh, later on. But um, without the prayers of the saints, none of this would have happened. We would have been in judgment way already, uh, you know, past. But because of the prayers and the intercessions of the saints, the the Almighty has has uh, given a reprieve, if you will, of the of the of the severe judgment that was coming upon this nation. And for the sake of the elect, for the sake of the remnant, for the sake of the bride of Jesus Christ, that have been crying and sighing. And I know many people that are doing this. Okay, we have we have a lot of prayer warriors that are in our in our team that pr- we pray. We give them assignments. They are, they pray certain kinds of prayers against uh, you know some, some of these things. And there are others. There are other uh, you know uh, uh, teams out there. Uh, you know battalions praying in intercessors that are are warriors and they're pr- and I know for a fact they have been praying now for several years. And so this is why. Okay, this is why I believe God has raised up uh, a man like Trump. Uh, is, is he going to be a great president? No, I don't. Th- I, I don't think he's really qualified to be a president in normal times. However, is he going to be used by the Lord to tear down the machine that is in in in, in Washington D.C. This corrupt machine that is 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 foisting all this um, agenda to destroy this country and to destroy the economy and to destroy many of the uh, uh, other countries like in Europe. Look what is happening in Europe with their economies. Uh, England just yep. got out uh, with a, with a Brexit vote. They need not, not even England wanted to be a part of that anymore. It's 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 a collapsing system. It's no good. The economy is in shambles. Now they're trying to flood many of these countries with uh, with uh, you know with migrants, and a lot of them are good people. And I feel for them because I see those children, and my heart goes out to those children and the, when the women and the, and many of them are dying. My heart goes out to that because I know what it is to be in that condition. Because I left Cuba one time in 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 similar condition. I know my heart my heart aches. But we must also understand that, that there is a lot of uh, terrorists that are being infiltrated on purpose with these people you know and, and, and I'm talking about uh, the, oh, the yeah. invasion through immigration especially for the uh, you know the Sunni uh, refugees mm-hmm. from Syria and Iraq they said as much you know two years ago that they were going to 
through mass immigration, invade nations. And now we've yeah. seen even George Soros saying about Europe that if they don't continue to accept migrants, there's going to be, you know, civil, civil war. And we know that the White House has increased their Syrian refugees from over 10,000 this year as the goal, where they've already brought in 16,000, to 110,000 in 2017. So the governments are continuing to carry this agenda out. Yeah, well, that that is what they want, because, you see, when you put so many people, uh, you bring them into the infrastructure. I don't care how good the infrastructure is. Look how, I mean, look at Germany. As good and strong an economy as Germany had, okay, look what is happening to Germany. Uh, this kind of thing can overtax the strongest economy, the strongest of infrastructures, because these people do not assimilate well, which is what Donald Trump has been saying. And, you know, one of the things that God is using this man uh, to do, Joe, is he is blowing the trumpet, you know, and the word Trump is, it's not by coincidence, uh, you know, even even his running mate, if you put the two together, Trump pants, okay, the trumpet, they are <laughs> blowing the trumpet, and they're blowing it loud, and they have the courage, he has the courage to say things that other people only think, and, uh, yeah. I, you know, I believe, I believe that uh, this man, and, and a lot of people hate him, a lot of people talk bad about him, even a lot of Christians, even a lot of ministers talk about him and throw dirt at him, and that's fine, you know, uh, but the Lord showed me, like I shared um, the last time I was with you, uh, you know, uh, at the beginning of the year, I was praying about this, and you know, the the word Cyrus uh, began to swirl in my spirit. And other people began to share that word Cyrus, that God was going to raise up his Cyrus. And, of course, I shared last time I was with you, I went with my wife to uh, to uh, Ohio to do a, a, you know, some meetings. And uh, lo and behold, here comes this woman with a little baby. He must have been, I don't know, five, six months old. And she wanted prayer for the baby. And I, I had asked the Lord for a sign. I had asked him, I said, Father, give me a sign if this is if this is really from you, if if you're really in this if if, if this if this about Cyrus is really you, show me. Give me a sign. And uh you know, and so when I was there, he, she came up for prayer and of course I pray for everyone that wants prayer and and when I asked her I said, What you know, what do you need? What kind of prayer do you need? What you know, what is wrong? And she said uh, please pray for my son. And, you know, she looked at him, the little baby, and he looked at me with his big brown eyes, the biggest eyes, of, you know, that you could ever see. And I, I asked her, I said, what is his name? And she just told me, when she told me, it just blew me away. She said, his name is Cyrus. <laughs> I wow. just couldn't believe it. I just could not believe it. I, I looked at my wife because I had shared this with my wife. And she looked at me and I I asked her again because I, I just couldn't believe it. I said, what did you say his name was? She said, his name is Cyrus. And he, again, when I looked at that little boy, he looked at me with his big eyes. And I knew that I knew that I knew at that time that God had answered my prayer like like saying see son yes I'm going to raise up my Cyrus 
And uh, I believe that that Cyrus is Donald Trump. And for the people that are out there, and maybe they don't agree with this, maybe they don't, that's fine. You don't have to agree. But that is, you know, you can argue all you want, and you can send emails all you want, but, you know, there's a saying that says, do not argue with a man, you know, that has an experience. Even if you have an argument, don't argue with a man that has an experience. And I had an experience. And let me tell you something. I don't care what anybody says. I know that was that experience was from my Heavenly Father. And so, <clears throat> whether he be president or not, I don't know. Okay? That depends on the people. If the people pray, the people intercede, he will become president. And um, and so, you know, he is going to expose the Cyrus. If, if, if the people read the scriptures, uh, what Cyrus did, you know, the Persian, he's called, he's called Cyrus the Persian. What he did basically was, you know, he, he brought down the, the, the Babylonian system. He, he basically just destroyed it. He he just tore it down, which is what I believe this man is going to do with the system in the U.S. He's going to tear it down. He is, he is going to tear it down. It's not going to be pretty. Uh, this country is going to go through a, a hard time. It's not going to be pretty. And he's going to tear it. I believe it. God is going to, he, or at least God wants to use him to tear it down, to tear down this corrupt system. And, and it, this is going to be the fight of a lifetime. This is not yes. going to be like some people are saying out there either, Joe. It's not going to be honky-dory. It's not going to be a, a walk through the tulips. You know, no, it's not going to be. It's not going to be like that. It's going to be rough, and there's going to be war, and I believe there's going to be a, a a civil war. I believe there's going to be a revolution. That's what the Lord showed me too back in uh, in 2012, in October 10 of 2012, that there was going to be a revolution. I, I was approached by uh, by the messenger from the Lord. I was taken to a a very um, you know. Um, a room, I don't know, a library, uh, very, very strange looking library, and and you know, it's all it's all posted on our website. Uh, it's a, this happened in October 10, 2012, and I was basically looking at. They were showing me this man were showing me uh, all the plans of the elite through the years, through the centuries, how they were behind everything that had happened. And uh, how they they are always behind the scenes, planning, controlling, murdering, deceiving, threatening, manipulating, creating chaos whenever and wherever they can. And they are the seed. I was told they are the seed of the evil one. Okay? Their evil is beyond description. This, this men are so evil. They are the wickedest of the wickedest, and um, and so I was shown that you know with a lot of details that I don't I did not remember all of it, but I, I knew I was shown a lot of details, a lot of documents, uh, how they had manipulated world events in this country and in other countries to uh, for you know to to, to to have control, to have power, and uh, how they always have persecuted. The seed of the of 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 of, the, of God, the seed of the righteous, the righteous seed of God, and so uh, it may, anyway. Make a long story short. At the end, I was uh, approached by um, one of the men 
which I perceived to be probably angels, messengers of the Lord. And uh, he told me in a loud voice, okay, I heard this clearly. I did not imagine this. This is not a pizza dream. I heard this clearly. And in this is what he said. There is going to be a revolution in America. And then he paused, and then he continued and said, it will usher in the new world order. And then after I heard that, I was awakened. So, this is what I believe will happen. I believe, I believe this is going to happen regardless of who wins the election. I believe we're going to see a revolution. I do believe it with all my heart that if Hillary Clinton wins, uh, she rigs the system and she uh, they give her the election, Okay, they throw the election her way, there's going to be a revolution. People will not stand for that this time. If Trump wins, there's also going to be a revolution by the communists in America and the Muslims and all these terrorists, and which goes right along with the vision that um, Dimitri Dudeman had when the angel of the Lord told him that. And I, I believe with all my heart that, that this is going to happen. Uh, because this was not something that I saw. Uh, no, this was told to me. And, uh, you know, people have to understand, people out there have to understand that there is a difference between a dream and, uh, you know, and even a vision that somebody sees, there's a difference between that and then when you are told something by a, an angel of the Lord, okay, and, you know, a factual thing, something, you know, thus saith the Lord, this is going to happen. And this is what I received. This, this particular experience I had was not just a dream or just even a vision. I was told this by an, an, a messenger of the Lord. There is going to be a revolution in America. There's no ifs, buts, or doubt about it. They, this will happen. It is a thus saith the Lord. Okay, it will happen, and it will usher in a new world order. Okay, and um, and so uh, you know, I just share that because I, 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 the people need to understand what we are dealing with. And, uh, you know, we need to be prepared. We, spiritually, we need to be prepared. Emotionally, we need to be prepared physically. And, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and people need to understand this, that even if Trump wins, it uh, you know, we, we need to brace ourselves. It's not going to be a piece of cake. There's going to be rough things happen. The communists, they're not going to stand still. You know, the followers of, the, of Bernie Sanders, the followers of Hillary Clinton, uh, the followers of Obama, we know what those people believe. You know, yes. Alinsky, they, you know, they go by the Alinsky uh, model. Yeah, and folks who, who aren't familiar with Saul Alinsky, um, he was Hillary Clinton's, uh, what, what does she call him? His, uh, he, he actually wrote a book, Rules for Radicals, in which mm -hmm. he dedicated the book to what he says was the first radical who was Satan. And this is, you know, one of Hillary Clinton's mentor. And what you said about, you know, there being a revolution regardless of who gets into office, we already know that Russia has stated if Hillary Clinton wins the election that there will be war. And you mentioned this in the first segment about a, a global economic collapse. After uh, 2007, we saw the Federal Reserve print uh, you know, just an insane amount of money in the trillions of dollars. 
uh, undermining our own economy because the the money that they're printing is backed by nothing. And I've heard um, I heard you say this, but I've also heard other people say that that this is one of the tools that they can use if Trump gets elected is to you know create this global economic collapse. And we see the signs, the stress signs all across the world from Deutsche Bank to here in the U.S. to what we saw uh, throughout Greece and, and the austerity measures and the things that were happening there. It won't take much to bring about a global economic collapse. But even aside from that, they have been um, perfecting the divide and conquer strategy, dividing Americans against themselves among lines of class, among lines of race and even ideology to the point where um, it doesn't, you know, just what you said, whoever wins the presidency, there is going to be an uproar from the opposing side. And, uh, Augusto, we're coming up against another break here. Um, we break for about three minutes, and then we'll, we'll come back at, at the top of yeah, the hour. Fine. And folks uh, who might have joined us late, you are listening to Augusto Perez on this edition of the Hagman Report. We're going to be getting into uh, some of Augusto's ministry and uh, some of his real important works. And what he's talking about, about the prayer life, I think that this is something we need to expand on also because uh, so many people, including myself, lack in, in certain areas and prayer being one of them. And it's not something that's done intentionally, but I think that in this time in our country, especially Bible-believing Christians need to make sure, and I'm saying this, you know, for me first, we need to make sure that our prayer life is up to par. And when I say up to par, I mean that we're doing it uh, for the right reasons and doing it diligently, and including following that with obedience. And we're going to talk about obedience and our spiritual life more with Augusto Perez on the other side. Stay with us. two of this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are joined by uh, evangelist, author, and so much more, Augusto Perez, his website, uh, The Appearance Ministries, theappearance.com. Go there, bookmark his site, and you can spend a whole day at least going through uh, the different uh, parts of his websites from their newsletter to the Dreams and Vision to upcoming radio shows and information about the upcoming conferences, one in particular October 7th, 8th, and 9th is the Light in the Darkness Conference in Mayo, Florida. Folks, you can go again to theappearance.com and get all the uh, information and uh, register for the conference if you're uh, gonna, if you are able to go. I would definitely recommend it. Augusto is a, a true man of God and uh, he's been a guest uh, on the Hagman Report uh, for a few years now and we just uh, are grateful for um, everything that he comes on and, and shares with us, um, folks. Portions of this program are brought to you by brought to you by Minute Man Rocket Stove. Minute Man Rocket Stove is the per- perfect survival cooking stove for you and your family. Um, we're going to have more on that later. We're going to bring back Augusto Perez. 
And let's let's pick up where we left off, Augusto. Uh, we were talking about the uh, possibility of revolution, how the political and and social climate is ripe for uh, problems, and the upcoming um, election, you know, is going to be changing the course of of where America goes in one way or the other. But as you said, um, even with a Trump victory, it's going to continue to get worse before it gets better. Well, thank you, Joe, for your kind words and um, and uh, you know sharing about the conference. And um, well, you know uh, what I wanted to share uh, is so important, which is you know connected to prayer and connected about uh, what is going to happen in America. And you know, unfortunately, and you know this as well as I do, Joe. You know, unfortunately, people they tend to be uh, you know uh, uh, you know. Kind of their mentality, you know, is either black or white, and uh, and sometimes they fight, you know, and argue, and, and and people love to do that, you know. I'm right, you're wrong, and I'm right, and um, you know, many times I I just laugh about it because you know I see the, both points of view of the people, and I said, uh, you know, there's no need to argue. You know, you both have some truth, and eventually it's going to wind up somewhere in the middle. And uh, I I do believe that many times that is exactly how it happens. And, you know, there is no such thing as absolute truth outside of the Word of God. And, you know, He is the, and the Spirit of Truth. He is the, the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of Truth. And, uh, you know, what I see coming, uh, Joe, is, um, you know, to America and to the world is, is all of these things are, are possible. I, I, uh, like the way I like to put it is there are timelines. There are different timelines, scenarios, if you will the way things could play out, okay? And uh, it, it, it could be all the way from real bad, real, real bad, okay? Real, really dark, really bad, to, you know, not so bad. You know, it's going to be bad, but not so bad. And, you know, and there are certain things that are going to happen no matter what, no matter what. But we can determine through our prayers and our intercessory prayers, we can determine how bad it's going to get or how bad it is not going to be. And I believe this is where we are at. Uh, I believe that America, the United States, has the, uh, the, the, the potential to come into a season, okay, where it's going to be bad everywhere. The, the whole world is going to experience a ter- terrific judgments from, from, you know, from heaven and, uh, and, and, and devastating cataclysmic events and, and probably war. We are all going to experience that. But how bad it's going to be here is going to depend on how people pray. And this is where I believe that people can make a difference. And uh, like, for example, just to give the people a, 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 just one one little quick example, it, it, it's, it, it's, it's going to be a, a way different, for example, if the people don't pray, if God's people just sit on their hands and do nothing, and they just have the attitude, well, uh, what will be will be kasara sara and you know no one can stop it and you know and they just uh, they, they 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 take that attitude and they just let the devil uh, run roughshod over them and you know have his way basically and so that the devil uh, has his will he may he brings about his will instead of the will of 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 the lord and so you know we must remember the prayer of Jesus Christ where he said pray like this your will be done on 
on earth as it is in heaven. Okay? And God has a will for America. The Lord has a will for, for each one uh, of the people here, for each believer. He has a will for each nation. And we have to uh, come into alignment with him and pray that will here. Because if we just allow the devil, the devil has a will too, people. And, uh, you know, I, I happen to believe that uh, not everything that happens on the earth uh, is according to God's will. And I know that some people believe that, but I don't. Uh, the I believe that is about the yeah, yeah, that agenda, is wrong yeah. theology, Joe. Uh, totally wrong theology that everything that happens uh, is God's will. I have heard preachers uh, preach that, believe it or not. Yeah, and, uh, I know what you mean. When you know, tragedy happens, and mm-hmm. you know that is the seeming to be the go-to line. But the the scriptures state clearly that the devil seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. He's mm-hmm. a master of deception, and he knows how to manipulate the human mind uh, through you know the flesh. And and um, not only that, he has continued to deceive humans through. Uh, and this is another common saying through convincing them he doesn't exist but we see the the fruits of mm-hmm. that labor from evolution to you know this huge increase in um, non-christian uh, uh religion that's rising in the US from wiccan to uh you know the satanic movement that we see and mm-hmm. it's obvious that there are powerful spiritual forces of darkness that work behind a lot of human actions Oh, my goodness. Uh, they are deep, deeply behind uh, human activities. And and <clears throat> for a change, they understand the dynamics of what I'm of what I'm talking about. And you and I are talking about that. They 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 understand it perfectly. They they believe in um, in controlling. OK, uh, the events uh, that happen on the earth and they understand the dynamics of it. They understand the principles involved in it. Uh, there are principles and there are laws, Joe, uh, you know, that govern everything in the earth and in the heavens that that uh, a lot of people don't understand. And, uh, you know, we need to become uh, knowledgeable. We need to understand these things so that we can pray accordingly. And uh, like, like, for example, like one of the other fallacies or the errors that a lot of Christians believe is, well, if God shows, uh, you know, Joe Blow, somebody out there, you know, or, or 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 X here or Y over there, you know, a, a, a dream or a vision, okay, that that something horrible is going to happen. That's it. It's going to happen. Not so. Many times, what people need to understand is when the unless unless is a thus saith the Lord, you know, if there is an angelic messenger. Like I, you know, happened to me not many times. It has not happened to me many times, a handful of times. If there is such a case, that is a thus say of the Lord. That is, you know, it's it's going to happen. Okay, but most dreams, okay, the dreams and visions, people see things, people see bad things happening. That is not said in concrete, and that is something that Christians everywhere need to understand. Just because a man of God or a woman or a Christian or a believer has a dream or has a vision about certain bad things happening, it does not mean it will happen exactly like that. There is, uh, we have uh, the ability to pray and change 
those events. And this is what people need to understand. This is what believers need to understand and comprehend, that prayers changes things. How many times, uh, you know, I have had dreams. Uh, I, I know I had a, uh, not me, my wife had a dream, and, and people I know had dreams of bad things happening to their children, bad things happening to their loved ones. And, uh, you know, I didn't receive it. I, I recognized what that was, and there was a warning, uh, you know, and I believe that was the plan of the enemy. And I, we did not, you know, we did not embrace it. We did not receive it, and we stood against it, and we prayed, and we broke that assignment, and we broke those things in the name of Jesus by the blood of the Lamb, and those dreams and those visions never came to pass, you see, because we, we, we changed the timeline. Mm-hmm. We changed the the circumstances. We changed the assignment. We changed the plans of the enemy. The enemy had a plan, sure. Of course, the the devil has a plan for every every one of us. He has a plan for every creature in this world. And uh, but 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 God also has a plan. God also has a plan for each and every one of His children. And so. If the people, okay, let's say that you know uh, a girl out there, okay, or a man, uh, if if they if they don't believe what I'm saying, if they say no, I don't believe that, I'm just going to uh, live my life and just, you know whatever happens happens. What they will do is they they will be playing right into the hands of uh, of the enemy and allow the, the the powers of darkness to bring about their plans. Okay, for their lives to fruition, because they never resisted it. They never, uh, you know, came into alignment to God's plan for their lives. God also has a plan for for their lives. The Bible says that you know the the perfect and acceptable will of God. You know, in the Book of Romans. Yeah, and so and that reminds me of a saying: when you know, when good men also takes for evil to. Uh, succeed is for good men to do nothing, and you mentioned mm-hmm. also the, the what Paul McGuire calls the you know the attitude of fatalism, where yeah. believing everything is is done and that we can't change anything. A commenter in our YouTube interactive chat said, "If that's the case, well, why does the Jesus say to pray for God's will to be done if exactly. something couldn't be changed?" Exactly. And between well, the that, indifference uh, and and people doing nothing. Um, mm-hmm. This is why we see this increased evil. This is why the Christian uh, people who are uh, rooted in their faith need to pray because we are really up against it. Exactly, and and that is a perfect scripture right there, uh, where Jesus said, "Pray, you know, to the Father, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven." So, yeah, that's that's perfect. Who, you know, whoever uh, said that, that he's right on. Or she's right on. You know that is exactly true, and that is one of the scriptures that that we we can use to defend that other uh, theology, which you know uh, it, it's a theology. It's basically a theology which believes in uh, in the sovereignty of God, which it kind of borders on um, on um, you know on fatalism, like you said, you know Calvinism, you know. Uh, you know, Calvin had the. Uh, you know, he, he was a very, very uh, intelligent man. Of uh, he, he, you know, he's the one that wrote a lot of the of the 
doctrines, you know, on the predestination, and he came up with a lot of the, you know, election, and uh, and I've studied all of that. I spent a lot of years studying that, and uh, there is truth to that. It is in the scripture. It is it is truth. However, mm-hmm. it has to be discerned. It has to be discerned properly, or people can fall into error. And uh, and that is, you know, if people buy that uh, into that lock, stock, and barrel, and they believe that everything that is supposed to happen has already been predetermined and we cannot change it and so forth and so on that then you know you begin to drift into fatalism which is there's nothing you and i can do to change the anything and so why even try and there's a lot of christians unfortunately joe that believe that way and you know that's why we need to stress it and i'm stressing it tonight that is not the case okay the future is not set in concrete now we know there are certain things that will happen like the coming of christ we know jesus christ will return okay that is set in concrete we know he will reign in the millennium that is set in concrete we know we will reign with him as kings and priests in the heavenlies. That is that is said. Nobody can change that. We know there will be a battle of Armageddon, all right? So there are things that are set in concrete. We know there will be a day of the Lord, right? Where he will come and to, you know, as he ushers in his millennial kingdom, okay, which that's why it's called the day of the Lord. A day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day, right? So one day, a day of the Lord is a thousand years for us. That is the millennial reign of Christ. However, when he ushers in that millennial reign, it's going to be horrific here on the earth. This is what is called the day of the Lord. Okay, and I have done a lot of teaching on that, and uh, you know, not many people touch on that, but it's going to be horrific. There's going to be cataclysmic events. This is what the Book of Revelation talks about: the sixth seal being opened, and then the trumpets and the vile. That all that is the great tribulation and the beginning of the day of the Lord. Okay. However, going back to the prayer and going back to this, and you know, and I share all that to share that those things are going to happen and nobody can change that that is said in concrete but the majority of everything else it's uh it is not said in concrete and we have the ability to pray and change it and uh you know and many of these visions and dreams that you know that people have had about uh, the things that are going to happen in this country uh, it can happen exactly as they saw it or we can pray and make that, you know, things can change, and they will not be that drastic. They will not be that bad, according to the level of repentance of God's people, according to the level of prayer, according to the level of intercession. And so this is why it is so important at this, especially at this time, Joe, that we are in right now. We are in a very important time and season right now. And uh, a lot of people may not realize this, uh, because maybe they don't study, you know, the feasts, the the, the, the the holy feasts of the Lord, but we are already entering what is called the Teshuvah, which is the 40 days prior to uh, Yom Kippur. These are called the days of repentance. And this, uh, according to the, you know, rabbinical uh, teachings, this is a season, okay, where the people 
come to God in repentance and they pray and they intercede and they fast and they humble themselves before the Lord, okay? And so when Yom Kippur takes place, that will be it. That's when the books are closed for the next year. And uh, based upon what happened during those 40 days, okay, if the person repented, if the, if the people um, forgave the debts of other people, they forgave, you know, the offenses of other people, they um, restored uh, things that, you know, that were done to them, they, they you know, they, they were, or things that they had done to others, and they made it right, you know, uh, many things that are done during that time, okay, to make things right, okay? Uh, maybe people promised the Lord to do things and they never delivered, you know. This is a time, okay, the Teshuvah is a time when the people uh, come to the Lord and basically humble themselves, repent, pray and intercede, fast and prepare, okay, uh, and, you know, and intercede to the Lord so that for the next season, okay, the following year, okay, they can have a breakthrough, that there will be breakthroughs in their lives so that, you know, things can be written on their behalf in the books of heaven. And this is something that is not taught much, not many people know about this, but I have been doing some research on this, and it is really interesting whether people believe it or not, okay? Whether people believe it or not, because, you know, we cannot prove this based on the Bible, because it's not in the Scriptures. So we cannot say this is not say the Lord is in the Scripture. But this is in many rabbinical teachings, and, of course, the, the feasts, Yes, those feasts, they are in the Bible. The, you know, the, the, the Feast of uh, Trumpets, Rosh Hashanah, the Feast of, uh, of, of, of Atonement, the, you know, the, the Yom Kippur, and the Feast of Tabernacles, okay? All these feasts, they're called the Fall Feasts, and they are in the Scripture, just like the Spring Feasts. And so, <clears throat> we are in a very special season because of that, because this happens to fall... Uh, and, and I don't think it is a coincidence. This happens to fall right along, uh, along the same lines, Joe, right before the election. Right before the election. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, like, like, like to give the people some uh, idea, uh, Young Keeper will take place this year on October 12th. And by the way, our, our, our conference is going to take place, it's going to be sandwiched between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's going to be right in the middle, 7, 8, and 9. So this is why I think it's, it's going to be such a very special conference. Um, uh, this is not just uh, <laughs> this is not just a special season because of the holidays, uh, Joe. This is also happens to be uh, a year jubilee. And, uh, you know, of course, the, yeah. the, you know, a jubilee is a year that happens after seven Shemitahs. A Shemitah is a season, is a year that happens every seven years. Okay? It's called a sabbatical year, right? And so every time we go through seven-year cycles, we end up with a Shemitah or a sabbatical year, right? But after seven of those cycles... After seven cycles of Shemitahs, after seven sabbatical cycles, okay, of seven years, you come to what is known as a Jubilee year. And this is where we are at, the 50th year. So because seven cycles of seven, that's 49. 
seven times seven is forty-nine. So that that next year is called the jubilee, and that year of jubilee is um, in the scriptures. It is um, very very important. And, and and oh, and by the way, people, uh, this jubilee is not just <laughs> any jubilee. This happens to be the uh, the seventieth jubilee since Joshua entered into the promised land. I've heard that, and that has some relevance, especially with uh, writings such as the Book of Enoch. He Mm -hmm. mentions the the 70 jubilee years, and we just had Jonathan Kahn on on Tuesday. Great teacher, great teacher. Yeah, he's very insightful, and... um, he talks about the being in the the Shemitah and the Jubilee year and the importance of the timing that we're in now. And you made the, the distinction about the fall time with you know mm-hmm. these different uh, feasts um, and how that it's in, very interesting how it coincides with the presidential election. But also many people believe that that's when you know the Lord will return based on the times from his um, his resurrection and whatnot that it will happen in the fall but we we don't know that but i do know that uh the more that we have done this radio show the more that i study in the bible that there is a significant importance to these to the jewish feasts and many people including myself are are unaware or know you know minimal amounts about these holidays yeah because we are what the bible calls the gentiles and of course the gentiles we are not uh commanded to keep, uh, you know, these kinds of Jewish feasts or or the feasts of the Lord, you know, because the, it, you know that's in the scripture. Uh, you know, this is mostly for the for the Jewish people, um, which are types and shadows of of Jesus Christ, Yeshua, right? So, uh, you know, if you go to the Book of Acts, chapter fifteen, there they had a council of Jerusalem, and all the apostles were there. Okay, all twelve of them. Uh, you know, all of them were there. And they agreed, okay, they hammered this thing out, and they agreed because, you know, some of the apostles, some of the apostles wanted to put on, on the, on the Gentile believers that the apostle, the apostle Paul is the apostle to the Gentiles. And then, of course, the other eleven were the apostles of the Jews, right? So, uh, Paul was the one that was bringing in the Gentiles left and right through his missionary trips, you know, all over. And and so this was causing a lot of stir uh, amongst the other apostles, right? And so there was a lot of contention. There was a lot of uh, discussion about, you know, what they should do, how they should, you know, uh, what they should keep, how they should be discipled, so forth and so on. And basically, during this um, Council of Jerusalem, and and if if you are out there and you want to read this for yourself, you can go to the book of Acts, chapter 15, it's all there. Uh, basically, when they hammered this thing out, they basically uh, came up with you know, with uh, with uh, you know, with a with a, with a ruling, basically apostolic ruling, that they were not going to disturb the the Gentile with all the Jewish you know the Sabbaths and the, and, the, and, the, and the holidays and the traditions. Uh, they were not going to bother them with this, except for a few things, which was in you know, abstain from from meat sacrificed to idols and from strangled, you know, um, animals and, you know, those kinds of things. I'm from fornication, you know, things like that, just a few things. And and so basically the Gentiles, uh, from that ruling, and, and some people out there, maybe you don't agree with this. Well, you know, just think about this for a minute. This was the ruling. This was the apostolic ruling. 
Okay, all twelve apostles agreed on this on the on the on the on the, on the Jerusalem Council on the Jerusalem Conference, and they agreed that this was what the Holy Ghost was saying, and this is what they determined. And so the Gentiles, from that point on, were not uh, required to keep uh, the Sabbaths or the Holy Days or, you know, any of these feasts or the moons or nothing like that, except, you know, those things. So the the, the Gentile uh, believers, okay, uh, are not too familiar with these things. That does not mean, though, Joe, that we should be ignorant of it, because there's a lot of beauty. There's a tremendous amount of beauty in the in the Lord's holidays. There are types and shadows there of the Messiah, and I encourage every believer, whether you're Jew or Gentile or any other race, to study them. And uh, you know, if if you want to practice some of those things, the Passover, you know, that's fine. But you don't have to. Is what I'm saying. If you're Gentile, you don't have to. But if you want to, you could. There's nothing wrong with it. It's beautiful. We're coming up against another break here, um, and what you're saying is right on. And I wonder how different the Christianity of the West would be if we did stick to those uh, traditions that Jesus stuck to instead of inventing our own holidays like Christmas and, and whatnot. We'll be right back, folks, with Augusto Perez after these short messages. Stay with us. gentlemen to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our guest tonight is Mr. Augusto Perez. He is a, an evangelist, uh, a fantastic author, preacher, speaker, and so much more. And we've been covering a list of, of important issues tonight. And I just want to say for those who might have just started listening to our show, something that uh, Steve Quayle says often, that there is no political solution to a spiritual problem. And a spiritual problem is what not only this country has, but what this world has as we continue to decay um, spiritually as we see the things of this world becoming more important to so many people and we are as Russ Isdar says in a car that has already gone off the cliff we are just waiting to hit the ground as we live in some of the most turbulent times and some of the most exciting times from a biblical perspective and what we do on this show is look at the topics and, and current events uh, through a biblical perspective and we have guests like uh, Augusto Perez on to um, help us you know wade through this this murky water of craziness that we see just constantly increasing in our world and the evil that continues to increase in our world before the break we were talking about the the, the Jewish feast days the, the jubilee year and um, really the the prophetic time that we live in today and um, we see the writing on the wall, literally. And it's not going to get any better, as Augusto was saying. It's going to continue to get worse before it gets better. But what's going to happen is the remnant church, or those who believe in Jesus, um, we're seeing the separation. And we're seeing those who believe in Jesus being brought closer to the Lord, and those who are 
or have been blinded or or turn away from the Lord continue to do so um, at, a, at a much more rapid pace and are becoming very hostile towards you know, believers in the Lord. And we are at a real crossroads in this country. And um, we can continue this segment to talk about what's happening in the world and what what you expect and what the Lord has shown you, Augusto, uh, to expect in this country. And then next hour, if we could, I want to talk about your ministry as well as the, the conference and what people can expect from your upcoming conference and what it is uh, that you do in your ministry and how um, you've grown it. Because it's a, a five-fold ministry, and I've had many of your um, uh, supporters and, and people who, who follow you um, with, with everything you do you know, point out to me how... Um, Terrific! Your ministry has become, and and the the amount of vast uh, teachings that you cover. I didn't even know what a fivefold ministry was until it was explained to me by somebody who is a, a big supporter of yours, and I was you know blown away. Well, thank you, Joe. Uh, appreciate you uh, sharing about the conference and about you know my ministry. Uh, Basically, just to give a synopsis of of of, of, the, of this ministry, and I, I don't think I have ever shared this in, 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 on your program before. But when I was pastoring, I, you see, we pastored seven years down in Miami, Florida, and in uh, in 1992, uh, and we started that church from scratch. It was just uh, my wife, myself, and an, uh, one more sister. We started a church from nothing, and we built it up, and. Um, we pastored the church for seven years, and uh, out of that church came uh, ministers, pastors, evangelists, uh, men with prophetic ministries, and, and so forth. But uh, in '92, uh, I had a very uh, powerful experience where the Lord spoke to me uh, for many hours in the night, and uh, basically gave me what I what I have called since then, and I termed a uh, an Abrahamic call. You know, for those people that maybe are familiar with Abraham, Abraham, uh, you know, heard from God, and, and God t- talked to him and basically told him to leave the, the, the you know, earth of the Chaldees to go to a place that was flown with milk and honey to the promised land that he was going to give him, you know, uh, many children, many sons and daughters, like the, as, uh, as many as, you know, it was going to be so many like the stars of the heavens and the sands of the sea. And, um, you know, he obeyed the Lord, the Bible says, not knowing where he was going. And that is the kind of call that I received. Um, I remember that uh, it started... Uh, uh, you know, I started feeling, uh, uh, you know, this in, in my spirit. And, and there may be people out there listening to this program that you may you may uh, sympathize with what I'm I'm, I'm going to share in this next uh, few moments. I started feeling like, uh, you know, I, I was a minister. I was preaching the gospel. I was doing God's work. I, I was I was you know there were people getting saved. People getting healed, and you know, and you know, it was good. It, it, I was not in sin. I was not doing anything bad like that. I was just being, you know, a, a good pastor and doing the work of God. But I, somehow, I started feeling like, like I was not satisfied. Like there was more, and uh, you know, and the Lord began to deal with me that there was more He had for me, and uh, He had a, something for me. I went into a lot of seasons of fastings. We 
went into fasting for 40 days, 30 days, 21 days, 10 days, you know, seven days, three days, you know, we, I, you name it, I, I, I have done it. I, I, I have gone, I, I went on liquid fasts, I went on, um, you know, sometimes on water fast, sometimes on, you know, on Daniel fast. Some I have done all kinds of fast, and because I believe in fasting. Fasting is a tool uh, that, the, that the Lord uses to make you more sensitive to, uh, to His Spirit, so you can hear His voice better, you can pray better, you can get a handle on, on your life that maybe you have a problem doing it when you are not fasting. And so fasting and prayer are very powerful. And uh, some people may say, oh, I don't believe in that. Well, the witches believe in it. The Satanists, they believe in it. And uh, they practice it. So uh, how much more should we? So anyway, make a long story short, uh, in 1992, uh, I, as, as I continue to have this feeling in, in me, that the feeling was like the Lord had passed me and left me behind. And it was a terrible feeling. A terrible feeling, and I knew I was saved. I knew I loved Jesus. Uh, I, I I was not living a, a life of sin. I was not backslidden, and yet I feel I felt like I, he had left me behind because I was out of his will, and that is a terrible feeling. And uh, and, and and you know, I and one morning I remember I went to the window. It was very early in the morning. I couldn't sleep. And my wife uh, woke up, and she went and saw me there, and she said, uh, Honey, are you okay? I said, Yeah, I'm okay. She says, uh, You're trouble, aren't you? You're, you're a burden. I said, Yeah. And you know, I had shared with her what that was, and she says the same thing, right? I said, Yes. And you know, I had, I had shared with her what I had gone through and what I was feeling. So anyways, uh, with, you know, I started doing more fasting. Uh, I, I continued to wait on the Lord. And, and then one night, I remember, in, and, and this was in the early part of 92. It must have been uh, February or March, somewhere around there. I went to bed one night earlier. And that night, I had a visitation from the Lord. And it was the most beautiful experience I've ever had. One of the most beautiful, anyways. And I saw the Lord Jesus Christ, and he, 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 you know, he was before me. I saw a green prairie, beautiful green grass. I saw the trees, and they were, the wind was blowing softly. And he had prepared like a picnic for me and him. It was the sweetest thing, the most beautiful thing I have ever seen. And uh, I sat down with him there, and he began to talk to me as a friend talks to a friend and with such love with such tenderness and uh and basically he began to tell me son your time here is finished and i just i just didn't know what he meant i said what do you mean my time is finished he said it's time to go it's time to go and i said what do you mean he said you need to resign the church you need to turn that pastorship over you're done you're done pastoring this church he says i he told me i said i have a word for you to do and uh i said what what is it lord what 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 do you want me to do he said i am going to use you to uh prepare my bride for my coming for i prepare my bride for my return and he says you have to leave this area and uh, you cannot stay here. You have to take your your wife, 
you have to take your daughter. My daughter back then was, I believe she was five years, five or six years old. You have to take your uh, wife, take your daughter, take your belongings, and leave. And I said, where am I going, Lord? Where do I go? And I remember he said, you will know when you get there. And I, I was not happy. I was, I said, Lord, can I go maybe to the next county up? You know, maybe, uh, uh, maybe like ninety miles up or something. He said, No, you have to go further. You have to go way north. And uh, I said, Where? I said, You'll know when you get there. And I, I, I was, I was not having a good time with this, Joe. I mean, I was really not. Ha- I, I, I just, you know, I just didn't know how to do this. Let go of the church, you know, leave the place where I, I called home, uh, leave my family, leave my friends, leave everything I knew. And uh, and, and I said, Lord, uh, how? And then He looked at me, and I will never forget it. The words He said to me, He said. This bridge, you're going to have to cross by faith. And he said, I am not a miserable God. I will provide for you and for your, for your family and for your daughter. I will take care of you. You have to trust me. And that was when I woke up from that uh, uh, experience, uh, which was not a dream. <laughs> that was not a dream. It was real. Uh, and uh, when I woke from that, I was in tears. I was just, uh, I was undone. And sure enough, a short time after that, I obeyed him. I, I, talk, I talked to my wife, and she was 100% in agreement, and which was one of the conditions I told the Lord. I said, if this is from you, Lord, let my wife you know, be in total agreement. I don't want to hear one peep. I don't want to hear one, you know, so that I know this is from you, because this is a major, major decision. And sure enough, she was 100% in agreement. Well, anyway, we took off, and... Um, we left everything behind. I left the church to another man and another pastor that he laid on my heart. And, um, you know, I told the people, I told the church, and I resigned, and I left. And, uh, you know, I cut ties with everybody. Uh, I, I cut ties. I didn't, I wasn't in a denomination back then. I, I The Lord had told me express, uh, specifically that I had to resign, that too. I had to t- turn over and just, you know, get out of there. He wanted me completely independent and trusting in him. And that was something that, I'm not going to lie to you, Joe, it was not easy. It was not easy. It was very hard. But I, I landed here where I live now. And uh, that is another long story, but, you know, I don't want to take too much time because I know we got just, uh, you know, a specific amount of time. But when we came here, I knew this was the place. And my wife, uh, again, confirmed it. And uh, the Lord usually confirms things with, uh, you know, with a couple. Uh, the wife will confirm the husband or the husband will confirm the wife because man and woman become one. The husband and wife become one, the Bible says. You become one, one spirit become one in the Lord. And so mm-hmm. that is the most powerful confirmation that God can give a person is through your through your spouse. Okay? And then of course he will use others, he will use your children, he will use your your brothers, your sisters, but but your spouse is a powerful a powerful confirmation. And so anyway we we stayed here and uh we you know we we we, we settled here in ninety two and uh this is when I spent a lot of years in the wilderness just listening at the feet of the master. Uh I had like a lot of people, I had a lot of leaven teachings 
man's teachings, doctrines that have been taught to me from, you know, from my pastors and from other ministries that I had listened to. And they were good people. They were good men. But uh, they they were not 100% right. They had a lot of things wrong. And the Lord began to show me these things where they were off. And, uh, and he had to begin to uh, correct a lot of these uh, things I had learned, and I had to unlearn them. And he began to, uh, you know, show me uh, through revelation and the, by in, the, in the Word, you know, really the meaning behind certain things. Another thing that the Lord began to teach me was um, to hear His voice. He said, I want you to learn to hear my voice clearly, because I'm going to be talking to you much. And you need to be uncluttered from all of these other things, from the traditions of men and the leaven and, you know, all these wrong teachings. And so he began to hone me. He began to sharpen me. He began to put me through fire. And this lasted for several years. This lasted for several years, and it was not easy because in my flesh, you know, I, I, I wanted to do something, and I, I, I just wanted to do anything, and he wouldn't let me. He, you know, I would just go to preach over here, go to another ministry over here, barely making enough to pay my bills and to put food on the table. And that's how the Lord wanted me. He wanted to train me. And, uh, and anyways... That um, I think Jesus said it, that the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, and mm-hmm. I know that uh, from personal experience. When when the Lord wants you to do something, um, you know He will uh, present it to you, and often it is not something that seems um, feasible. Or, or you know, just as, as an example, our radio show here, um, we were on when we started. We were on another network, and. I had a, a friend, a close friend, who uh, called me a few days before that network uh, went under and said, you know, the Lord's going to uh, be closing some doors, but don't worry because those uh, those few closed doors, you know, a thousand more will open. And sure mm-hmm. enough, you know, the progression that happened just a few days later is we had to leave the network we were on. And, and after that is when um, our show really started to catch traction and, and to grow and expand. But that that walking out of, of faith is something that it's like um, believing or anything else. We have to, you know, listen to the Lord. We have to take that step to in, invite him into our life, invite him into our world. But not only that, we have to be obedient to him. And a lot of people um, don't reach that spot or haven't reached that spot where um, we're obedient to him, and myself included in many aspects of my life. And it is it is very hard to do, but it's something that we we must do. Uh, in order to fulfill the Lord's will uh, for all of us in this in this life. That's right. That's very important what you just said, Joe. It's very good. You put it very, very well, very nicely. And that is, you know, the perfect will of the Father. And most most Christians, you know, go through this life and they uh, and they serve God, you know, and 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 and, and they're saved and they're going to heaven, but they're they're not walking out. In, in the perfect will of, of God, and and so they're they, you know they're not developing their 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 lives 
to the fullest, uh, doing uh, everything that the, 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 the Father would would have wanted them to do, you know, experience the, the riches and the blessings of His kingdom. And so, you know, uh, and that is fine, you know, and, and that is why the Bible says that many, many, many people are going to get to heaven and, and there's going to be tears and said, and the Lord is going to dry our tears. He's going to dry our tears. And those are not going to be tears of suffering, but they're, they're going to be tears of maybe regret, maybe, oh, you know, the wonderful things that could have happened and I missed because maybe disobedience or maybe I, I didn't listen. Maybe I, I, I didn't spend enough time with, with, with him. And, you know, and, 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 but everything will be, will work out fine and people will still make it to heaven, but there's going to be regrets. I, I, I'm sure there's going to be regrets. But anyways, Joe, when, when, when I spent all that time here, when the Lord told me, okay, which goes back to the question you asked me uh, a while, you know, a while ago, when the Lord asked me, uh, you know, that he, what He wanted me to do. To be honest with you, I didn't understand what He said to prepare His bride. I mean, I thought I was preparing His bride. I thought that's what I was doing. You know, I was pastoring, I was saving souls, I was teaching them. I, I thought that's what I was doing, but that is not what He had in mind. And so He began. That, that's when He began to show me the uh, the fivefold ministries. You know, the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelistic, the the the, the, the pastor and the teacher, and. Um, you know, the, the, there's a lot of ignorance about that, and uh, it has been very maligned because he has been abused by so many, and uh, and so he has gotten, he has left a bad taste in the mouths of many people. And uh, but you know, for everything that is false, there is also that which is the real, and that is something the Lord taught me. That even though there's a lot of fakes out there, you know, uh, and there's a lot of things that are not true, there is the real, and there's the real, just like there are uh, fake dollar bills, there is a real dollar bill, and, uh, you know, a genuine one, a genuine bill. And so it's the same with uh, with uh, with the gifts, with the callings. There's a lot of flakes and there's a lot of fakes, but there's the real. And so, you know, the people should not throw out the baby with the bathwater, but they should use discernment, you know, to keep the that which is real and then throw away that which is not. And, you know, I don't think, uh, Joe, that the people have gotten to the level where they're able to discern that. Um, but anyways, as I was uh, spending the years here, uh, you know, in, in just spending time with the Lord, lots of time. I spent lots of time with the Lord, lots of hours every day in prayer, seeking Him, studying the Word, uh, listening to Him. Uh, he began to uh, download certain things, and that began to give me uh, some dreams and some visions, and... Um, you know, that is when this ministry began to be birthed, which is the appearance, which is, uh, you know, it's if, if, if people go to the, to our website, that's what, you know, it, it's there, the appearance. Each letter is, uh, it stands for, a, you know, for, for, a, for a word, which is the appearance, uh, apostles and prophets preparing the emerging army, releasing the abilities and natural callings of everyone. And that's basically what we do, Joe. We uh, we are raising up an army for Jesus Christ. We are training them. We are uh, activating them. We are basically, you know, one of the things the Lord told me 
uh, a few years ago when I was in Honduras, and uh, we had an open heavens experience where we saw the glory of God just come down. I didn't. I didn't do any ministry. It was all God. He was ministering to the people. That's what I called an open heaven. And um, he told me back then, he said, what I did here, what I have done here, what I'm doing here, I want to do in the, the United States in America. He said, but, you know, I am sending you. You're going to have to raise up intercessors. Not just one or two. You're going to have to raise up a lot of intercessors and train them. And then, you know, begin to show them and, tr and teach them and train them and direct them how to pray and intercede and we will see this happen in America and open heaven we will see the glory you will see the glory of God and our pouring of the Holy Ghost and uh, that's what I've been doing that's when we wrote um, our book Open Heavens which is a, a training manual on, the, on, on intercessory warfare on how to pray and you know how not to pray and then we've, we've, we've had all the books also that, you know, every one of our books uh, came about, not because I wanted to write it, but it came out of teachings that we were doing, and the people just came up to us and said, do you have a book on these teachings? Do, do you have a book about it? I said, no. And then they said, you need it. You need to have one, a book on this. And that's how... That's how uh, Signs of Wonders came about. That's how Open Heavens came about. And that's how um, Foundational Principles for Newcomers and Believers came about, is because of the teachings. And um, so anyways, uh, you know, we have been doing that, and that's what we're doing. So when we have these conferences, we don't just uh, minister and just preach the gospel. We, we, we manifest uh, the kingdom. And some people out there may say, what do you mean, Augusto, manifest the kingdom? Well, we pray for the sick, and, you know, we, we, we ask God to heal them. God, people, get, people get healed. Uh, sometimes miracles happen. Uh, we, we, we minister deliverance to people. People get set free. They get delivered uh, out of demons. Yeah, demons are real, and we can talk a little about that. And, uh, you know, when we come back from the top of the hour and, uh, you know, and we train them on intercessory prayer, how to become mighty warriors in Christ. And, uh, you know, we teach them how to become evangelists, how to become prophets, because even prophets, Joe, that people that have prophetic giftings, they need to be trained because mm -hmm. they don't, you know, a, a gift is a gift is a gift. It's just that a gift until it has, it has to be perfected. It has to be honed. He has to be perched, and 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 that person has to be mentored. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of people out there. One of the tragic things I see is there's so many people out there, Joe, that have that have genuine gifts. They have the gifts, uh, maybe a prophetic gift, maybe they have a, a an intercessory gift, but they don't know how to use it, or they don't know how to go about it. And so that's where we come in. Okay, we you know through the tools and through the teachings that we have, we have um, we have a lot of uh, teachings on our on our webpage. We have a, 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 you know a series of teachings. Like each one of those series has anywhere from twelve to twenty something uh, teaching lessons. 
Each one of those lessons is about two hours long. And so we do a lot of these training and teachings. They are there posted on the website. People can go there and download it. It's like a library. It's like a it's like a uh, it's it's like a college, okay? Where a, a you know a, a, a Bible seminar where people can go there and download them listen to them and then they go back for the next lesson download it listen to it and and you know and write notes and and you know and and they, and they do that and so that's that's for the body of Christ we don't charge a cent about for that it's it's free it's free and uh, anybody can go there and access it and learn and so we have we have many of these teachings like we have uh, a series on the, on the, on on intercessory warfare the principles of foundational warfare. We have another one on the welcome Holy Spirit, which is on the Holy Spirit, yeah, who, who He is, what He is, how He operates, how to receive he, the baptism of the Spirit. We have Augusto, another one on... We're, we're coming up against a break, but when we come back from this break, I want to talk on this because this is very important, and we'll get into the conference and more. Folks, you're listening to Augusto Perez, his website, theappearance.com, uh, The Appearance Ministries. Go there, bookmark his site, and use his resources. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Back, ladies and gentlemen, to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Our guest tonight is Mr. Augusto Perez of the Appearance Ministries. Folks, go to theappearance.com and bookmark Augusto's site. Last uh, segment, we were talking about what resources and uh, different things that Augusto has done uh, with his ministry, not only to help other people, but to, uh, as he just described, help them use uh, the gifts that the Lord has, has given them and how to refine their their spiritual tools uh, in this day and age it's so much it's very important more so now than ever and Augusto, i want to uh we got a few emails coming in um thank you vivian she says excellent show tonight listening to Augusto has convinced me to go back to acts 15 and learn more about the ruling of the apostles and she goes on to say uh and thanking you for coming on and, and spending your your time with us tonight and we have several emails like that in our uh, studio email, so I wanted to pass that along to you. Um, oh, this hour, thank you, Joe. Yeah, uh, if we can get into continue to talk about your ministry and, and where you want to take your ministry, where the Lord is is guiding you to take it, as well as uh, this conference you have coming up, the Light in the Darkness Conference, October seventh, eighth, and ninth in Mayo, Florida. Again, folks, go to the Appearance Ministries, theappearance dot com, and get all the information. And if you're uh, able to go. Sign up for that conference and go see Augusto live in action, October seventh, eighth, and ninth. Well, thank you, Joe, for the for that. Uh, that's very kind. And uh, yeah, it's uh, you know we have been doing these conferences since 2014, and uh, at the beginning of that year, that's when uh, you know when the Lord basically spoke to me at the beginning of the year and said to me, uh, you know, it's time to bring in the harvest. And I said, Lord, what do you mean I have been bringing in the harvest? He said, no, son, you don't understand. It, it's time to bring in the harvest. And uh, and then, you know, he began to, 
you know, show me, you know, how it is, began to give me pieces of the puzzle to begin to, um, you know, do conferences. And, uh, and we did the first one and that year and, uh, on the East Coast, on the, on the Northeast Coast on Seekonk, which was in Massachusetts. And, and that was the launching of, uh, of the conference. And, you know, and we did, we not only, you know, preach like I shared uh, before, Joe, you know, we don't only do preaching and teaching, you know, and, and we manifest uh, the, the, the presence of God. We, we want the people to learn. We activated several ministries there, you know, like, like we activated a young man, you know, uh, that, that has a ministry in Orlando. Uh, he went there for the specific purpose of being activated, and he's like, you know, one of my sons in the ministry. And, uh, you know, he has a beautiful ministry now in Orlando where he, uh, he you know, he feeds the hungry, he clothes the naked, he prays for the people, he has a home church, and uh, many others that we prayed for. We baptized that first one that, that we did, Joe, we baptized over 25 people. I lost count. We baptized him in the pool of the of this beautiful couple, which are another uh, two of my spiritual, uh, you know, children, and, uh, and and in their home we baptized every one of them, over 25, over 25 of them we baptized that night, and uh, many of them were for all from all over, all over, and uh, some of them have ministries. And um, and so that began. That was the first one. Then we, uh, you know, we did others. And this is going to be our seventh one, which is very significant. And uh, we don't know if this is going to be the last one because of the of the circumstances that we were talking about in the first hour. We just don't know. So <clears throat> what we do in this conference is is, uh, for example, if there is some people that come, okay, and they want, you like, we baptize them, we baptize them, we also pray for the people to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, they speak in their, in their, in their, in their spiritual tongues, uh, if there's people that want to be activated, let's say, and, uh, in, in, in certain gifts, sometimes the Lord shows me things, sometimes He doesn't show me things, we, we activate them, we release them, okay, and we send them, in other words, uh, we you know we activate them and we say now go and preach the gospel of the kingdom there where you're at and so they begin to pray for the sick they begin to save the lost they begin to to do the same things and um, and so you know and one of the things we do during our conferences of course we do you know in the evenings we do the the preaching we do the demonstration we 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 bring in the presence of the Lord because it's all about the presence of God. The presence of God can change a life, Joe, in 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 where a lifetime of going to church and people laying hands on people and ministry can never do. And so in one moment, in one moment that the presence of God descends and that that glory of God comes in and that person is impacted and activated, at that one moment that whole life can be changed. I have seen it so many times, so many times. And uh, and so that's one of the things we do in the conferences, is for people to come, get a refreshing, get activated. Uh, some people need deliverance. They get set free from oppressions, from demonic strongholds. Some people need healings. Some people need miracles, not, not not just physical. Sometimes they need an emotional healing. They have so many wounds and uh, and hurts and scars in their heart, and that they just can't seem to make any progress. And so, in in these conferences, they get a breakthrough. 
and they are healed and restored. And God sets them free from those things so that they can go and serve the Lord in, in joy and in peace. And, um, and you know, and, and many, many, many other things. So that's what happens in the evenings. And then on the daytime, we do seminars, we do training. Like in the in the morning on Saturday, we, what we'll be doing is we'll be getting together with the people. You know, people can come in, they can have a cup of coffee, they can, you know, or drink uh, some soda or juice or whatever. And, you know, in a relaxed atmosphere, not in the church the building, but we're going to, we usually do this like, you know, in the, like in the cafeteria of the church and the building. So that the, you know, the people are there, they're relaxed, they can fellowship, and it's kind of a laid-back, more relaxed meeting where I do a teaching on certain things, like uh, the one we did in um, in, in Houston, Texas, earlier the, in this year, we did a, a teaching on healing, how to heal the people, how to heal the sick. And so what I do is I demonstrate, I teach, I demonstrate, then I call people. I said, all right, you come over here. And our volunteers, who wants to, you know, who wants to be the, you know, the first, who wants to pray? And so we, we teach them how to do it. And, and we and we let them do it. And we tell them, okay, this is how it's done. Now you do it. And then they do it. And incredible how many people got healed while some of these other people were praying for them. Some of the other believers were praying for them. And so it's it's not this thing is all about me. Uh, you know, I don't do all the 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 I, I, the action there. I, I I I have to because I have to show them. I have to teach them. I have to, you know, manifest how it's done. But then I, I, I let them do it. And, and that's the whole point. And many yeah. times I let people share, you know, like a quick word, an exhortation, a, a, a word that they have, a message that they have. So it is an active, a time of activation. And, you know, one thing that I'm hearing as you explain this, that sets you, you and your ministry apart from so many others, is that uh, just about anybody can start a church just to preach to people. Uh, and, and what you're doing is is not only uh, bringing folks the, the scriptures uh, that the Lord um, is showing you, you are helping them to help other people. And this is something that is, is lacking in so many churches today, not only from the congregants, but also from the leadership in the churches. It seems that the leadership is just focused on bringing a mes- message, collecting donations, and they, you know some churches have small programs or other programs to help people in missionary work but we don't see too often churches that are set up to help other pastors uh, or people become uh, you know pastors and and to do things that help the the body of Christ uh that's that's a huge part of our spiritual tool set that has been lacking in this country and it's very refreshing to to hear you explain how um you work this into your ministry because we do need more people that not only are teaching people but are um, showing them you know exactly what it is they need to do to uh, become helpful themselves to to be able to help other people well absolutely joe that is the the i mean that is the purpose of of the ministry really uh i know we don't talk about it much but that is the purpose of ministry uh, the purpose of ministry is not just to um 
to, to you know to minister to people and preach to them for, for you know eternally on, on, on you know on forever. Uh, you know that has to be done for a while. Of course, people have to grow, they have to develop, and they have to mature. Of course, but 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 not forever. Uh, you know, there is a time when people should become themselves uh, ministers. And, and and there's a misconception uh, of that word ministry, which people need to understand, and it, it, it is not that complicated. The word ministry means to serve. It's a servant, serve. And uh, that is why we are here on this planet, Joe. We are here to serve. To serve. You know, Jesus was the perfect example. He came to serve. He said, I have come to serve you, not to be served by you. And he demonstrated that in such a beautiful way when he, he girded himself with a towel and washed the disciples' feet. And, uh, you know, and, and that was the model that uh, Jesus Christ, uh, you know, manifested when he was here. He, um, he healed the sick. He cast out the devils. He, he he preached the gospel to the poor. He he fed the poor. He clothed the naked. He was kind to the widows. He was kind to the orphans. He was kind to the people, and uh, and, and and you know. And then he trained them. He trained his disciples how to do it. That was the model. He had his twelve, and then he, of course he had his three. The three were in the closest to his heart: Peter, James, and John. And then he had the twelve apostles, and then he had the seventy. And then he had the multitudes. And, you know, he was training them all. Uh, of course, the closer they were to him, the more time he spent with them. There's no way that Jesus could spend uh, a lot of quality time with everybody. It's, it's impossible. Same as it is impossible for me to spend quality time with everybody uh, a lot of time. Uh, but, you know, uh, he had his three. He spent the most time with those three, Peter, James, and John. Then he 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 had the others, the you know the other nine, uh, and then he had uh, the, the seventy, and uh, you know, and so the, the 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 closer they were, the more intimate, the more the mentoring uh, uh, you know happened, uh, more time mentoring and talking to them and showing they happened, and then but he, he you know he always taught the multitudes. He always taught them. He always mentored. He mentored a lot of people. And what we do with these materials that we have is we, you know, we don't have time to spend with every single person a lot of time, but through that material that is available to everyone, they can be, you know, that's kind of a, a little mentoring there because it's not just teaching. There's a lot of training there. There's a lot of equipping that is going on there. And I encourage them, you know, in every one of those um, a teaching series, I, I, whether it is receiving the Holy Ghost, I teach them how to do that. If it is praying deliverance, I, I show them how to do that. If it is praying for the sick, I show them how to do that. If it is winning the loss, I show them how to do that. You know, believe it or not, Joe, there are so many people that do not know how to win another one to Jesus Christ. They have never mm -hmm. been taught. And yeah. it's something so simple. And most churches don't teach that. It, it, and it is something that everyone should do. And so what, 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 you know, what we need to, uh, the mindset that we need to have, everybody, every, everyone listening, is, you know, you are the body of Christ. And everything that Jesus Christ did, everything, okay, everything he did, you can do too. And sure, you cannot do it now because you have never been taught, you've never been trained, but you you have the ability 
That's what the Bible says. You have the ability. And so what what we're getting into now, we're, the, the, you know, the, the time and the season, which is where we started in the first hour, that we're getting into now, it is there's going to come a time, Joe, that there's not going to be, uh, people are not going to be able to congregate like we congregate nowadays. Uh, the churches are not going to be, maybe they won't even be, uh, they will be, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, one religion churches. They will be churches uh, uh, controlled by the state. The, the, yeah. the true believers are going to have to meet, uh, you know, in homes and, in, in, you know, in, in hiding places like they do in China, like they do in Cuba, like they do in many of these countries. And so the people are going to have have to know uh, when that time happens they're going to have to know how to do certain things how to pray how to hear from God for themselves how to you know be able to lay hands on someone if, if they're on the border and the, you know if, if they're deathly sick and you know and pray for them you know if they need direction uh, what do I do no, you know be able to pray and get a, a direction from the Holy Spirit so this is the kinds of things that we are trying to teach the people uh, because like, like I tell them I said you know I may not be here uh, in, in a few years or in a year I don't know you know and so uh, you cannot depend on one man or one woman or anyone Right. You know, I, I, I am here to help you now, uh, but there may be a time when I'm not available, and maybe you, Joe, and Doug may not be available. There, there may not be uh, the ability to do radio programs, and uh, there may not be anyone out there to help them. And so the time to get help is now. The time to be trained is now. The time to learn is now. And so that is what I'm trying to um, to uh, impact the people with, and uh, like we were talking in the in the first and second hour, this season we are in right now, it is extremely important because of all these things we've been talking about, the jubilees. Um, you know, this is not just any jubilee, Joe. This is like I started saying the the seventieth jubilee since uh, Joshua cross into the promised land it is also the the, the 40th jubilee since jesus christ uh came and uh you know this is you know i don't think we're going to have another jubilee i i don't i really sincerely don't believe we're going to have another we're going to see another jubilee before the lord returns i think this is going to be the last jubilee and uh, you know there have been many signs that the blood moons and all these things and you know and uh, and i really believe very strongly that uh, this is going to be the last jubilee now i'm not saying that Jesus is coming in 2016 or 2017, or though there are some people that are saying some things like that. Um, yeah. You know, there is there is something about the Jubilee that I, I just want to share quickly, maybe plant this thought and, and uh, you know, and, and, and just see what you say, Joe, or what the people out there say. And if there's anybody out there that they have questions, you know, we can take some questions and, in, in a moment. But, um, you know, when Jesus Christ came, right, the first time, in the book of Luke, chapter 4, verse uh, 16, okay, he says, and and he came to Nazareth, 
where he had been brought up, and as his custom was, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he gave it again to the minister, and sat down, and the eyes of the all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say unto them, This day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears. Now, that, I did not understand that for many years. Many, many years I didn't understand that. But do you know why Jesus read that scripture, Joe? Do you know why he said to the people, this day, this scripture is fulfilled in your ears? You know, this is something that, it came to me by revelation I, as I as I began to research it, and I also heard somebody mention about that. It just triggered in me. It just triggered it in me, and I said, "Wow, I had never seen this before." Okay, the reason that Jesus Christ said that, and the reason he read that scripture, which is from Isaiah sixty-one. Okay, if you, if you have your Bibles, you go to Isaiah sixty-one. If you go there, the reason Jesus said that, and he read that scripture from Isaiah 61, and he said, "This today, this scripture is fulfilled in your eye, in your in your sight," is because if you read Isaiah 61, that is exactly what Jesus Christ quoted. Okay, it's the same thing. The Spirit of the Lord is of God is upon me. You go on right down verse one, verse two. Okay, but verse two. Jesus Christ stopped short of reading the last part of verse 2, okay? which says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, right? Now, mark that, the year of the Lord. Remember, we were talking about the day of the Lord, the year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God, okay, to comfort all that mourn. There... If you keep on reading all that scripture there in Isaiah 61, it is talking about the year of Jubilee. Why, Brother Augusto? Because if you read that, he's talking about uh, uh, proclaiming liberty to the captives. What does the year of Jubilee do? It set the captives free. Bind up the brokenhearted. Preach the good tidings unto the meek. Okay, the canceling of debts. That's what the year of jubilee is all about. Canceling of debts, the forgiveness of sins. Right, uh, the, uh, the the healing the brokenhearted, the setting the captives free, returning of lands to the rightful owners. That is what jubilee is all about. Well, that if if you read Isaiah sixty one carefully, you're going to see that is exactly what that scripture is talking about is depicting it is depicting and talking about the year of jubilee a year of release um, if you keep reading verse 3 to provide 
for them that mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Okay, so that is talking about the year of Jubilee. It's exactly what Jesus Christ read in Luke chapter 4, except he stopped short of reading and the day of vengeance of our God, because that deals, Joe, with the judgment of the Most High. That has to do with the day of the Lord. So, having said that, what I am saying is, what if, uh, and again, this is this is not thus say of the Lord, okay? This is just uh, me talking out loud, Augusto just talking out loud, just kicking it out. And, you know, I'm just sharing this with you, Joe, and with the people out there, okay? This is just me talking out loud, uh, or, or thinking out loud, okay? What if, what if this, what, what Jesus Christ did, okay? What if this year of Jubilee that he was talking about, and he, 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 he stopped short. He stopped short of saying, and the day of vengeance of our Lord, which he's talking about, the day of the Lord. If you read if you read all through scriptures in the Bible, in the book of Isaiah, and in many other books in the Bible, it talks about the day of the Lord being a day of vengeance, a day of gloominess, a day of dark clouds, a day of judgment. Okay? When the, where the earth is going to wobble like a drunkard, Okay, there's many, many, many scriptures, and if you want to read some of them, you can go to our website right there on the left side. There are a bunch of scriptures, a lot of scriptures, talking about the day of the Lord. Okay, it's talking about the day of the Lord, and uh, and so uh, you know, there's many scriptures throughout the Bible. Uh, Joel chapter 2 verse 1 blow the trumpet in Zion the sound of alarm in my holy mountain let all the inhabitants of the land tremble for the day of the Lord comes it is near at hand um, Isaiah 2.12 for the day of the Lord of hosts shall come upon everyone that is proud and lofty and upon everyone that is lifted up and he shall be brought low uh, I mean there's many scriptures I have posted the Zephaniah 1.14 the great day of the Lord is near it is near. He hastened quickly. Even the voice of the day of the Lord, where the mighty man shall cry out bitterly. Isaiah thirteen six. Wail you, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. And there's many others, many more and more and more of them, uh, talking about the day of the Lord. So, Jesus Christ, in Luke 4, he stopped short of saying, and the day of vengeance because the time was not there, was not yet. The time was not for that time. That day of the Lord was not going to happen then. But the day of the Lord is going to happen, people. Is going to happen, right? Right after a jubilee. Right after a jubilee, if we're going to be true to Scripture, it, that's what he says. It is the, the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of jubilee, and the day of vengeance. So we know from that scripture that that when the day of the Lord comes, okay, whenever that is, I'm not saying it's going to happen. It could, and there's a lot of people saying it could, and it, it, some people are saying it will. I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm just putting it out there for you to you know to chew on it, okay, to meditate on it, to pray about it, okay. In the in that book of Isaiah, 
Okay, he talks about the day of vengeance of our God, and it happens right after the day, the, the year of jubilee, or right during that season. And so Jesus stops short of that. And so we are in a season of jubilee. Now there are some rabbis uh, that say that really the year of jubilee begins this uh, Yom Kippur. Some others say we are right now in the year of jubilee, and uh, it concludes on Yom Kippur. So, but whichever way you believe it, whether you subscribe to one or the other, we are right in that season. These this this um this coming high holidays they're going to be very very special yeah hold that thought i guess though we're going to pick up on this right on the other side folks you're listening to the hagman and hagman report with our guest augusto perez stay with us for our last segment right after this Back, ladies and gentlemen, to this final segment on this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We are speaking to Augusto Perez uh, from the Appearance Ministries. Folks, go to his website and bookmark it, theappearance.com. Uh, Augusto, I just want to again thank you for your gift of time tonight. And uh, we have uh, so many emails uh, sharing the same sentiment, wanting to thank you uh, for your fantastic insights. Um, in this in these uncertain times and before the break we were talking about the importance of this jubilee year uh i kind of cut you off there i don't know if you wanted to finish your thought on that subject before we move on to some questions sure well um basically what i was trying to convey to the people joe was that this we are in such a special times and season you know in the book of and um in the Old Testament, I don't have the scripture right in my fingertips, so you know I cannot quote it verbatim. But uh, there's a scripture that says that the sons of Isaacar, they knew, they were able to discern, okay, the seasons and the times. And uh, you know there are certain people that God raises up for times such as this that discern the times and the seasons and it's not this discerning of the times and the season it's not just about seeing the bad things that are coming because you know obviously there are some of these things that anybody can see but this this gift in the, that Isaacar the sons of Isaacar had was they were able they were gifted with the ability to discern the times the Bible says to be able to, so that the people of God knew what to do, what to do. And so we are in such a time, people, and uh, I believe uh, with all of my heart, this is a very special time and season, depending, okay, many of you listening to me, listen to me closely, please, listen to what I'm going to tell you, based upon what you do. This next few weeks, I would dare say, this next um, weeks, maybe uh, 40 days or 30 days, this next month, based upon what you do in this next month to two months, but especially this next month, is going to determine what is going to happen 
next year and the following months for you. And so you need to not kick this can any further down the road. You need to you need to make a decision. You need to tell the Lord, yes, Lord, whatever he's been telling you to do, whatever he's been asking you to do, say yes, Lord, because we are in a very spe- special season of Jubilee, people. Do not waste this moment. This is this is not gonna like I said before. This is not gonna happen again for for another fifty years, and I don't think we're gonna see another jubilee season. So this is either. a very important season when the the windows of heaven are being opened, and we can go there to the courts rooms of God and present our case and just make it right and obey Him, whatever He tells you. Well, uh, that's uh, some great <clears throat> information, Augusto, and I agree with you. You know, the thought of even another, at least in this country, even another 20 years is hard to fathom with all the problems we see going on from the, you know, things we talked about from the, the state of the economy to the political tensions and what we see in the Middle East. And this will lead us to a first question uh, from Susan. Uh, she wants to know... <clears throat> As we see the the Middle East continue to crumble, what will we see for, in your opinion, as Israel's role? Uh, will we see ISIS come against Israel, <clears throat> and are we witnessing, um, you know, this end times army forming? Is this what Islam is? Is what she asks. Uh, yeah, I do believe that uh, this uh, Islamic uh, group uh, they call them the. ISIS, ISIL. I do believe that they are, uh, they were, you know, basically uh, being raised up uh, as the army of the, of the Imam, of the Imam Mahdi. That is why they wear the black flag. And for 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 the people that follow, um, you know, uh, uh, prophecy, and they have studied Islamic prophecy, you know, they do have a lot of prophecies. The uh, in the in the in the, you know in their in their in their books, there's a lot of uh, Islamic prophecies, and one of those prophecies said that when you see uh, a, a large group of men appear dressed in black, waving black flags, that will mean that the arrival of the Mahdi is near, and then basically goes on to say that this this group of people are basically the the army of the Mahdi. That will be the Mahdi's army, which is basically the Antichrist's army. And so, yeah, these people are, um, you know, I do believe that their their goal is to to destroy Israel, Israel from the face, you know, from the face of the earth, and um, they want uh, Jerusalem. And, and, and you know, and, um, it's not just the Islam that wants Jerusalem. The Vatican wants Jerusalem as well. And uh, you know, and, and of course, we know. And uh, and I believe, uh, you know, from Scripture that that is where the Antichrist wants to rule from, from mm-hmm. Jerusalem. And I, I I have this feeling in me, and again, it's not that does say of the Lord, but I have this feeling in my heart that that is where the um, the United Nations, uh, and it's probably not even going to be called the United Nations, but whatever it's called, you know, the the the, the, the that building, that facility that is going to host the new world government is going to is going to be there in Jerusalem. That is where the uh, 
the, the Antichrist one wants to rule from. So this, what this is basically telling us is that, yes, they are going to eventually invade Israel. They want to destroy Israel. They want to take over Israel. There's going to be horrific wars in Israel. There have been visions and dreams about that. And the Bible talks about Israel will be decimated, but one-third of it will escape. Through as as of by fire, and so we know we know that uh, that is going to happen, and and in this coming war, uh, you know that is going to happen. As a matter of fact, I was just reading an article that came out uh, today, September fifteenth, or actually yesterday, today's the sixteenth, where Israel is girding for a golden war with Iran and Hezbollah. And so, yes, this came out in the Defend uh, Proclaim for the Faith dot org. Okay. This uh, that, John, that I think me. it's called John McTiernan's Insights. Yeah, John McTiernan. Um, yeah. Defend and Proclaim the Faith dot org. Uh, he's been a mm-hmm. guest on our show, and, th- and that leads me to to a follow up question. Um, this just popped into my mind, so I, I want to ask it. Uh, pertaining to Israel, the scriptures state that during this these end times that the whole world will turn against Israel. And from your studies or, or and from what you know, what if you can speculate, what do you think would trigger the whole world turning against Israel? Would it be a, a preemptive strike against um, a neighboring state that is feels threatened by? Or is there uh, spiritual reasons, I guess, that go beyond what we see at face value? Well, uh, one thing we know is the U.S. has always been the protector of Israel. And that is why the Lord has really blessed uh, this country so much, because he has been the protector of the land of Israel. Uh, I, I do believe that once this nation is involved in a, in a world war, Okay, in a nuclear war with other nations like we were talking uh, at the beginning of the program, I do believe that that's going to be the time, the, the, the trigger that is going to signal uh, an attack on, on, on Israel. And um, I do believe that um, Iran is, is, a, is a major, major threat to Israel. And, uh, of course, Obama uh, signed a treaty with them uh, where they, he allowed them to go ahead and, you know, use nuclear nuclear plants and, you know, to build nuclear weaponry. And uh, I, I believe they're, they're doing just that. I believe the uh, Iran is building nuclear warheads. I believe Iran will use them. I really believe that they will use it against Israel and will probably use it against the United States. And uh, they're not that far off from securing that. And um, so, uh, yeah, I believe that they are going to uh, attack Israel. The, the only reason they haven't done so already is probably because we are still here. The U.S. is still, you know, alive and uh, we are still standing. But if something were to happen to the U.S., uh, you can bet your bottom dollar that uh, the next thing would be uh, an attack on Israel because they know that the U.S. will be helpless to help Israel. Yeah, and I've heard that uh, also, that when this when the world does come against Israel, that somehow the U.S. will have to be neutered or um, <clears throat> distracted or, or too busy trying to defend itself or in some sort of turmoil where it can't respond. And that coincides, what you just said, coincides with what 
uh, I've heard myself. We got a, another question from uh, Stax. He says, the Internet handover is way more dangerous than just censorship. The U.N. is going to have the ability to control access to the Internet and tax it. Can you ask Augusto what his thoughts are on Obama turning over control of the Internet to the U.N.? Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I think uh, that is probably what is going to happen. Um, I, I, don't, I don't agree with some of the other people that think that the whole Internet is going to be uh, taken down completely. I just don't see that happening. Unless there's, of course, uh, an EMP attack or a solar flare, a CME, and you know, unless that happens. But, but as far as the, let's say the UN taking over and they sh- them shutting it down, I don't think so. I think what you mentioned is probably what they're going to do is that they t- they're going to tax it. They're going to uh, maybe come up with um, with a strict rules and regulations on um, how to you know how to conduct business in the internet. Things you know you can say, things you cannot say. You know they're going to uh, uh, they're going to put the clamps down on on saying anything derogatory about, let's say, you know, a president or a person or you know anything like that. You know, slant anything like that. They're not going to allow. And uh, I do believe that they're going to make it very hard for for some of us that are preaching the truth, you know, and that that that, that have that 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 um, platform where we share, you know, uh, our thoughts and everybody gives opinions like the Hagman and Hagmans, you know, uh, and some others out there. Uh they're going to they're going to try to clamp down and make it very hard. I don't think they're going to shut them down. Uh they can, I mean that would be an uproar. So I don't think that's going to happen, but they're going to make it very, very difficult. Yes, I do believe something like what is, is, is happening in Europe or some of these other countries. So we'll see how that pans out. Again, if the people pray, if God's people will pray and intercede, we can have an impact on uh, on this decision that is coming down around the corner. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. And to add um, <clears throat> to what you just said, this is why it's so important that people do start their own uh, Bible studies, that they do kind of go out of their comfort zone when it comes to the gospel and reach out to their friends, their family, their neighbors, and <clears throat> start these smaller home groups because there might come a time when shows like ours, when churches might be you know, locked up, arrested, imprisoned for doing just that, and people are going to need uh, each other because you... It, Fellowship is very important, and uh, and this kind of ties into the next question. <clears throat> Mark asks um, about how often do you read your Bible and pray on a daily or weekly basis, and did that discipline come all at once? Is this something that you uh, you know taught yourself to do, or is this something that um, that you just started doing and, and it grew from there? Well, that's a good question. <clears throat> um, of course, reading the Bible and praying is is a it's a daily discipline that you have to bring yourself to do it. It it is not something that happens by itself. You have to take time to do this. And um, I know there's a lot of people that that out there that you know that are listening to this program. And, and you you know everybody works. They have a, you know they have a home. They have uh, duties that they have to take care of. You know children, family. And 
I know it's hard. So this is not something that is going to uh, happen by itself. It is something that you have the time. Okay, you have to take time. I remember when I was working a secular job. Uh, I, I worked like everybody else, forty hours a week, sometimes more, fifty hours, and uh, Monday through Friday. And uh, I had to take the time to pray. And sometimes I didn't have the time, but I would always. I was so hungry for the for the Word of God. I I always had the Bible with book, a good book that I was reading, you know, a book that had a lot of scriptures also, so maybe he wasn't reading the Bible per se, but I was reading a book that had a lot of scriptures, and uh, listening to radio shows, listening to the Word coming in, I always had the Word, the preaching and the Word coming in, you know, all the time, all the time. I remember when I was working, and I would have my lunch break, I would have my lunch, Right, and then I would go into my car, and I would sit there. My car lay back, you know, rest a little, and for about thirty minutes, I would pray. I would pray. If it, if it was only twenty minutes, thirty minutes, I would pray. I made it a discipline to take the time to spend with God. I was, if I couldn't pray, for example, say an hour uh, all at once, I would pray in the morning, uh, maybe twenty minutes. And then at lunch, pray another 20 minutes. And then at night, you know, pray another 20 or 30 minutes. And, you know, that, that is how you make up for not being able to, you say, spend an hour or two in prayer and, and reading the Bible every day, like some people that may have the time. So uh, that is how you do it. Uh, you have to take the time. It's not going to happen by itself. No, you're absolutely right. And... Just in my own experience, I have had times where, you know, for months and months I'll read the Bible every day, but then other months it's like um, that desire and that urge isn't there, and you have to force yourself or it, you will sorely fall behind. And, and if you let it slip, just like uh, we were talking about with the prayer life, uh, it's something that can really get away from you quick, and it's needed uh, for for good discipline. And this, you know, helps with discernment. The the Lord will uh, continue mm-hmm. to open the eyes of those who are seeking the truth that He has to offer, and people need to understand that no matter how uh, tough times get, and I I mean I constantly battle with this, whether it's you know money issues, just just trusting God with everything. It seems like I can do it with this or with that, but some things uh, you know I continue to fall back on and not uh, hand that over to the Lord, and it seems to create more problems than. Uh, than it is needed and uh, it's something that I'm working on personally but handing over my trust to the Lord in all aspects of life is something that I need to do and I pray that uh, you know each and every one listening out there continues to do because that's where the growth comes from uh, another question unless you want to comment on that and then we can well just quickly Joe uh, and that is I just want to add that it, it's it's a habit and and we have to make healthy habits and I, I, I encourage everyone to build your own prayer closet. You know, and that is something you have to build it. It's not going to happen by itself. You have to build it brick by brick. And, and when you already have a place where you meet with your father every day, okay, for whatever time it is, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, uh, it becomes a habit. It becomes a habit where you yearn to go there to that place, that, that secret place, and meet with your Heavenly Father. And once you develop that habit, it will become easier to do that. You have to have a place. Set aside a place. Not, don't just pray anywhere. Set 
aside a place where you just meet with him and meet with him there every day. Uh, great advice. Uh, we have about nine minutes left. I got a number of questions here, so I'm just going to try to pick the ones that, that most pertain. We got questions about artificial intelligence and uh, I guess uh, this one here. <clears throat> the If we don't see an economic collapse, someone's asking about the cashless society and digital currency. <clears throat> Can you see the removal or banning of cash be substituted for uh, an economic collapse to bring the population under subjugation? Well, absolutely. Um, I was told uh, specifically, uh, uh, I had an experience back in the year um, 2009 uh, where I had, um, you know, I had just returned from Cuba. And uh, in and that was in January 29, uh, 2009, by the way, and that is that is posted. That one is posted on our website. Uh, where that night, uh, when I came back from, I was not feeling well. I went to bed early. I was staying with the pastor and his family. And during that night, uh, the, the Lord spent a lot of time talking to me. And uh, he was revealing things to me, things that nobody knew. I didn't know. I didn't even know what it meant. And he, back then he used the term a super devaluation of the U.S. dollar. He said, there is coming a super devaluation of the dollar. They, basically what he told me was uh, they have planned a super devaluation of the dollar to kill the dollar. That was back in 2009. I didn't even know what the super devaluation was and how they were going to kill it. And so, anyway, make a long story short, when I started uh, meeting with, uh, you know, financial people, people that knew about this, they began to explain to me what that meant. And they they basically told me super devaluation is, yeah. Um, he said, uh, this particular person said, uh, you, you're talking about Germany. You're talking about Germany back in the 40s and uh, and Russia. And, and he says something like that where people would take uh, you know, a wheelbarrow full of money and they could barely buy a loaf of bread because it was worthless. And so that is going to be the prelude to the, you know, to the cashless society, the mark of the beast. And uh, there's going to be a brief time where I believe uh, people that have maybe gold and silver, they're going to be able to, to do something with it. But that is going to be a window. It's not going to be forever. It's going to be a window that that window is going to be open for only a certain amount of time. And that is going to be the time where the people that have that, you know, the gold and the silver are going to be able to do what they need to do to survive that time or, or do whatever they need to do because then after that is when I believe uh, they're going to usher in their, their cashless society. Very interesting. Another question <clears throat> asks, what do you think the role of artificial intelligence and the rise of technocracy will play in the new world order? I guess this ties into a, you know a mark of the beast type question. And I'll rephrase it in my own words, kind of. I mean, do you see after you know an economic collapse, a revolution, um, this cashless uh, society bringing up along um, the mark of the beast and the interrelation with the you know we talked about the fallen angels or aliens that that could return mm-hmm. to pose as our saviors? What role do you think artificial intelligence plays in this uh, scenario? Well, I think it's going to play a very huge role. Um, 
back in 09, that same year, uh, in October 15, uh, uh, that's when I had an experience where I, I, uh, I was told that there was biometrics coming. And uh, basically... Uh, you know, I, I I was I was I was like in a library. I was taken to a museum or library, and uh, I I began looking around. And I was as I was looking around, uh, I saw a lot of these things, a lot of these gadgets people were using back back in those. You know, that was in '09 when I when I saw this, when I had that dream. Uh, the, the people were putting their fingers, okay, in these machines, and they were taking their fingerprints, and they were, uh, I, I was asked when I went to the library, like, to check out a book, I was asked to, to, to come to this machine that, you know, that, where I, I, I put my face against, you know, like when you go to the optometrist, and he puts that machine in your eye, you know, to check your eye, like yeah. that, something like that. And they took a scan of my retina to make sure, you know, that, you know, my identity. And so I saw a lot of these machines, a lot of these gadgets that I knew back then in 09 that this was going to become the, you know, a common thing in the new world order where people were going to be, you know, uh, forget about passwords, forget about uh, any of those things, credit cards. It's going to be all digital. It's gonna, all going to be, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, biometrics using your your digits, your eyes, and eventually it's going to be the, the microchip that they're going to insert in the, between the right thumb and your index finger of your right hand. That little fleshy part there that you have there, that is mm-hmm. where they're going to uh, place that chip. And, um, and of course, in the head is going to be right there in your in your head, right in your in your side of your head, where that's the fleshy part there. That is where they're going to put the chip. And um, so, anyways, uh, that is how they're going to do it, from what I have seen. Very interesting, and I agree with that. I mean, the Bible is very clear that it says no man might buy or sell unless he has the mark, and the mark mm-hmm. is the number of a man. And I believe, you know, what you talked about with the the false alien saviors, I believe that the artificial intelligence will be perfected at, around the time or when they come, as Alice Bailey wrote in The Reappearance of the Christ, a, a New Age um, Luciferian book that she wrote, It a book that was written that says that when the anti, well, they call it the Savior, they, they think mm-hmm. it's the Messiah, but they say when he, the Messiah comes to this world, the new world order, everything will already be laid out and prepared. Uh, and I agree with that uh, definitely, you know, because Bible and Scripture line up with that also. One last question, I guess, though. We only have a few minutes left. Um, we have a question. Would you go to jail if faith preaching and uh, evangelism became illegal? Would you defy the law and continue to preach? Well, of course, uh, woe to me if I don't preach the gospel. You know, <laughs> there, right. there's going to come a time when everyone is going to have to make a decision. We all have to going to have to make a decision, and uh, we are all going to have to uh, decide. And this is a very important question that everyone should ask themselves: Would I be willing to die for Jesus if if He came to that? Because he will, he will come to that in you know in some places, and he will come to that with 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 some people and many people, and so we have to begin to prepare ourselves now, 
because when that happens, it's going to be, you know, we're not going to have time to prepare ourselves. So we have to prepare ourselves now. And that's, that question is a very good question. You know, will I be willing to go to jail? Or let's, let's take it a step further. Would I be willing to give my life for the, for the Lord Jesus Christ and be killed? Whatever, you know, whichever way they, they choose. Would I be willing to do that rather than, you know, renounce Jesus Christ and turn my back on him? So that is something that every Christian should uh, face, you know, should make the, they, they should ask themselves that question now and um, be prepared because, you know, many will be martyred. Like I've yep. said many times, there will be casualties. We will win this thing, but there will be many casualties, and many will be martyred. Some will be spared, and some will not. And so we don't know who the Lord will ask uh, to be a martyr for him, but he, you know, there will be those that will be required to be a martyr and go to prison and die for him. And, uh, you know, many people think of that as something that's bad, but it is not at all. And Scripture says that um, <clears throat> that, that is the case that we sh- we should be uh so grateful to to be able to be murdered for our faith and and I know that kind of comes out twisted but um <clears throat> it really isn't because for what the lord has done for us it's the least that we can do for him augusta you brought us to the end of the show i want to thank mm-hmm. you so much for spending your evening with us and we will definitely have you back on before the conference and we're going to continue to promote the conference for you so go to the appearance ministries theappearance.com bookmark the site and um so much for spending your time with us tonight mr Prince. well thank you so much for having me joe and um say hi to your dad doug and uh it's always a pleasure and an honor to be with you guys and uh, i really enjoyed it well we enjoyed having you. you god bless you you have a great weekend god bless you too bye-bye take care That'll do it for us this week. We'll be back tomorrow. Next week, we got a great lineup. Dr. Michael Lake, Dr. Hauser, <clears throat> Heiser, I'm sorry, and uh, some guests there, surprise guests in between. Have a great weekend, everybody. God bless.